Hey, welcome to number 97. That is correct. Two away now. Wow, unbelievable. Uh, this episode is once again brought to you by Scofflaw Brewing Company. They got a really cool event going on this Saturday, February 22nd at the brewery. It is their third annual Fuck Cancer event. Because indeed, fuck cancer. Uh, Scofflaw is all about giving back and helping these great causes. So get down to the brewery and raise a glass, raise a beer for a great cause. I'll be down there as well. Toasting one right there with you. And they just put out the Juicy Joe IPA. It is a, a refreshing beverage, if I may say so. Uh, they always got something going on. Oysters Company going to be there in a couple weeks. Grab you a cold beer, some fresh oysters. And they're just always tapping new beers and expanding their to-go six-packs. And if you're one of those many people that have become addicted to the seltzers, I am right there with you. They are delicious, and they put Truly and White Claw to freaking shame. Skyfly, get over there. Be at the brewery on Saturday for their third annual Buck Cancer. All right. Wow. 97. First stand-up comedian ever on this podcast, and he now takes the cake for the longest podcast I've ever had. And it's surprising because this episode was the first time we had met in person. We just met, like, even on the internet a couple days ago before the interview was recorded. He just moved back from Brooklyn. His name is Kyle Porter, and he's awesome. We had such a good conversation. This thing went everywhere. It's two hours plus long, like two hours and 17 minutes, something like that. And it ranges from starting with vocal warm-ups to solving and to solving famous internet mysteries, diving into the forbidden fruit, trying our best accents, and me failing at an attempt to go toe-to-toe with a stand-up comedian. He's also a great actor, Kyle Porter, number 97 on the Skoda Podcast. Let's get into it. Let the good times roll. All right, step into my world. I'm psyched. Let's go. Now What do we want to do? The, uh, what is it? Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Si. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. You gotta go back down. That is so much better than mine. <laughs> it's actually terrible, and if any actual singers heard it, they would immediately tell you that's garbage. He just does it with such confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get around it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what all stand-up comedian, all stand-up comedy oh, yeah. is. It's just confidence. It's like, be confident. Like, it's like, it can be wrong. shitty. It can be terrible. <laughs> but if you do it with confidence, you can fool people. Exactly. That's the way a lot of stand-up comedians I've saw uh, have done it. Yeah. Do you think Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti, that whole thing is still taught in school? It is. Oh. I mean, it's a very common vocal warm-up. It gets your mouth in, like, the right places. I, I wasn't a singer, but my uh, my ex-wife was. <laughs> oh, you sound like a singer right there. See, I'm, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful little beautiful little pipe she had there, An sir. Angelic melody. <laughs> mm. 
Your hair? What's going on with your hair right now and the glasses? I mean... There's so much going on. Uh, since you can't see my face, if you're listening, the, um, the hair and the glasses, the only way to explain my look is I pretty much look like the 14-year-old daughter of Ellen DeGeneres and Jane Lynch. <laughs> like, just wrapped up. If they could have a baby, that'd be me, I think. <laughs> and you say that with... Confidence. Oh, so much confidence. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, does that hair, does that take you a, a long time to do? It actually doesn't. Uh, I just it, get out of the shower and blow dry it. and Very put together. It'll change which way it wants to part. My, my hair has been a big lesson in letting go. Because I'll, like, want to do it a certain mm. way, especially for acting. I'll need to be like, no, it needs to look nerdier. And my hair will be like, no, we're going to look cool, but we're going to look like a super saiyan today. And I'm just like, all right, let's go with it. <laughs> I don't have a say in it most times. <laughs> you know what I was so excited about having my first stand-up comedian ever on the podcast? Why is that? Y'all are great talkers. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and not a diss on anybody. I've had nothing but amazing podcasts. But, um, I mean, there have been a few bad ones that I've never released before, <laughs> but all the ones I've put out are great. Oh, yeah, all the ones that we hear are all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But stand-up comedians are such great talkers, and actors, actors in general. Yeah, really get blessed with the gift of gab, especially if you've done stage work in the mm -hmm. past, I find. Because I'll meet some actors when I'm doing film work uh, where they're just really reclusive and, and, like, introverted, and they always play those kind of parts where they get typecast as that. And... Uh, I kind of love that because when you do a play or like when I did the off-Broadway show and I was doing theater in New York, it was such a, everybody was almost at my level and I'm up there like with energy. I'm up there with like personality. So I'd get, basically I'd get done with like a day's work of like rehearsing and stuff and you're just almost beat down people's personalities are. Yeah. So I find stage work, you'll find people have the gift to gab. And then if you ask them about anything, we just can't shut up. So it works for yeah. podcasts. My, uh, my, the height of my, when I'm on the radio, you know, I work for rock 100.5. Mm -hmm. Um, I host a seven to midnight show Monday through Friday. And I mean, I do, um, I have personality on there, but my height is when I'm emceeing concerts. Yeah. No, that sounds fun. Like when it's my job for like, you know, two to three minutes on stage to get the crowd psyched up for the, you know, the headlining yeah. band. That's where my energy comes out because that's what that's my moments. That's some fun hype. I actually have something. I have a show uh, on the 28th coming up uh, since I moved back. I was like, let's dive in. I'm fine at work. Um, some friends are doing a fundraiser uh, for their theater company, Essence to Crux, and uh, they asked me to MC. So it's a night of cabarets. So there'll be a lot of local Atlanta talent singers, awesome. um, some spoken word, uh, a few <clears throat> monologues or scenes. Uh, but it's mostly like cabaret singers. Um, so they asked me to to join as a comedian. So I've got my like five minute set, and it's all about trauma because the plays kind Isn't of Michael a little closer to you. Sure. Yeah. So it's all about trauma, um, and that really opens up the door for a lot of material for a right. comedian, especially one who just moved back <clears throat> from New York, pretty much because he got divorced. <laughs> so I was like. I'm not turning tail and running, but I'm definitely not staying for, you know, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that kind of emceeing, uh, there's, I mean, there's different types. So what, what is your going to be your go-to for that? Uh, well, I was doing research and they asked me to, because it's going to get kind of heavy with some of the songs that are sung. Uh, some of them will be lighter hearted, but uh, I feel like a lot of them, because it's about trauma, will be a little heavier. Um, so I was thinking about how I'd approach it and if I was going to like make jokes about the people, because I know some of the actors and then while I was looking at the songs, I really just started enjoying ripping apart classic musicals. So just giving like a, instead of an introduction for the person, just a quick introduction for the song itself. Uh, and then tearing down like, um, there's a musical called The Great Comet of 1812. It's like mm -hmm. Natasha Pierre, The Great Comet of 1812. And it's 
based on just 70 pages of uh, Tolstoy's um, War and Peace. And that book is basically just four Bibles duct taped together. It's so huge. So if they were going to make a musical out of the whole thing, I think your audience would be dead before you hit intermission. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going, like railing on different things. But they said, have at. They were like, let's, let's go. Just make it fun. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> this is not weed, by the way. It's just it's just uh, jewel. It's just jewel. Okay. Uh, uh, I bet. <laughs> just a jewel. No, it Swear is. To God. <laughs> you know, I will tell you, I am quite nervous right now. This is my first stand-up comedian, and uh, oh, I want to I want to get it right <laughs> because you know you're funny, you're so talkative, and I just I just <laughs> want my first stand-up comedian to go to go correctly because I got like when I put I put out a, that post, you know, saying I want to get stand-up comedians on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, probably a hundred names were thrown at me, and then yours was the one that was thrown at me. You know, I think three times. Oh, that's so sweet. And so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna reach out to this fella." (laughs) And I didn't do much research on you because, and that was on purpose because for my first one, I wanted to get to know you here. Oh, nice. Well, I appreciate that because there wasn't much research to find. (laughs) Um, I've done, uh, yeah, man. I mean, to be honest, let me approach this. I was a little nervous too. Uh, I've only done podcasts uh, through friends or people that I've worked with, so I knew them personally. So I actually listened to a few of your episodes, and they were really oh, funny. And I was cool, like, oh, man, you. I could have an easy conversation with him. Uh, yeah. I watched, or I listened to the last one. Um, oh, no, I don't think it was. It's like number 78 or so. It was um, the guy from Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah Jason. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. you guys had such a nice talk and stuff, and it just seemed real fun. And then when I found out you were a Vampire Diaries fan, I was like, oh. I've never seen the show, but I just like anybody who can openly admit it and be oh, so dude. proud. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> dude, my ex-fiance got me into that show, and I, she would watch it, and I'd be like, what the fuck are you watching? I'm not going to watch this. I was, I, I used to try to be a little more macho. Than, yeah. You know, I didn't watch Vampire Diaries. I want to watch fucking football and, you know, scratch my ass and drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> and Sports bullet. <laughs> And then I watched two episodes, and I'm like, I'm Team Damon all the way. <laughs> now openly. Oh, yeah. No. I oh, won't. yeah. Well, uh, that's a big thing. You, again, go with the confidence. Yeah. I, I'll watch so much stuff that I'm like, when I tell people, I've, all right, so now that I'm single again, I brought a girl over, and then to my who? new place. It was in New York. It's fine. <laughs> Not a big deal. Ex-wife, don't listen to this section. <laughs> so uh, it was after she had left, but I brought a girl over, and I realized that the most scary thing that I a girl could find in my apartment to me was like my search history on like YouTube or in like uh, <laughs> so it was like weird conspiracy theories and then like bachelor secrets and spoilers and then she was like what are you watching I was like um nothing we're listening to music I swear to God <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I like that uh, I never got into Vampire Diaries myself but uh, just so so many musicals that when I talk about them with my macho friends they're like wait wait hold on what are we talking about. Like SpongeBob the Musical, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but I mean, flip the tables. I, I grew up, you know, in a small Georgia town up in North Georgia. I grew up the football, the basketball, they all got to be, you know, white Republican macho. Yeah. You know, but and then I mean, and yes, I still consider myself a manly guy, but I love romantic comedies. Oh uh, yes, I was raised on those. I mean, my favorite <laughs> is Failure to Launch. Failure to Lodge is such a fun one, it's though. A, it's one of those movies you can just watch. It's just easy. Yeah, you don't have to put too much thought into it. And Here's you're a still for you, sir. Oh, Scofflaw. I haven't had Scofflaw in over two years. This is exciting. What are we working with? Hooligan. It, I mean, it was it was for my last interview, too, so it's not as cold as it was. I don't mind. So I'm sorry. Oh, I don't care. 
I learned from my dad who thought he was Irish. Turns out he was English when we got the DNA stuff. <laughs> but we heard so often how Irish we were. We weren't. Um, but I learned from my not Irish father. <laughs> he thought he was. So he would drink his beer sometimes, like lukewarm. Yeah. And then it, I was like, do you want that chilled? And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't mind because I'm so Irish. We just drink it like Guinness. <laughs> you idiot. You're 90% English. <laughs> Dude, I did the, the ancestry DNA thing. And I am the most boring white guy ever because <laughs> my ancestors are from Wales and Yorkshire, England. They were farmers. Oh, and, really? and then they came over here. They settled in Georgia and North Florida. And, and continued they, farming? And they didn't go, and they continued farming, <laughs> and they didn't want to go anywhere else. They were like, fuck it. We're good. So we're going to stay here. There's we, we landed. I'm set. I don't need to try. <laughs> I heard that they're moving out west for some kind of frontier, but I'm not getting into that shit. That we're, sounds like a whole, you got to get a wagon? I'm not getting a wagon. We're up here in the mountains. Eh, it's not worth it. <laughs> we're good here. You know, we'll, we'll, make, we'll build the land. We'll kill the animals. Yeah, they didn't yeah. want to go anywhere else. <laughs> And maybe that's why um, I, maybe I get it genetically because I've never been outside the country, man. Oh, really? I mean, I, I think the, I've been to, outside of the Southeast. The only places I've been, New York and Las Vegas. Wow. That I get is that. not well-traveled. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but you're so beautifully open-minded, like somebody who's traveled the world. I love that. <laughs> I'll date, I, when I was in my online dating phase, I'd go out on dates with all these girls and be like, oh, yes, I would, uh. I've been to Prague, and they're like, where have you been? I go, I've been to Las Vegas. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> See, that was your opportunity. When I was, uh, okay, when I was single the first time before the marriage, now I'm single again. Hello, ladies. I'm very emotionally unavailable. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> when I was uh, single, when I was in my mid-20s, let's put it that way. When I was in my 20s, most of the dating that I would do, uh, the women looked nothing like me. I had zero in common, like, bath, like background or, like, ethnically speaking. Uh, and that was because I was so broke. I was just doing stand-up comedy in Florida, and there's there was no money in it at all. There's still not, but we make do. Um, but I would just date girls based on, you know, what they could teach me. And then I would end up going to their houses and just making friends with, like, their family elders. And they'd be like, we love him. Let's keep him around. And then I would just, like, get drunk with all of their family elders. I can elders. see you as that guy. And then the girls would all, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then the girls would always get a little upset because they're like, are, are we going out on a date? And I was like, I thought we were. I'm drinking with your dad. I'm hearing all these great stories about Guatemala. <laughs> did you ever have, and I do not mean this as, and, and this is just a question. Oh, did, go for it. Did open you, question. Uh, I'm an open book. Did you ever have a problem with getting friend zoned? Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, I think I friend zoned in myself more than anything else because I I have no filter, just verbal diarrhea all day long. And I mean, I just learned to start writing it down and then working on it. So it sounds a little better. But I've lost so many possible relationships to just being so dumb <laughs> and just saying the wrong joke or taking a joke too far I remember one time there was this very beautiful girl and she was over at my house and we were having a little house party and everybody had gone to bed and she was like, so what are we going to do now? And I was like, I don't know, we could do the flash dance. And then I did the stupid flash dance dance. But instead of pulling like a chain of water to try and make myself look sexy, all I had were a big gallon of goldfish, the snack. And I ended up pouring that over myself and my roommate was there and he looks right at me. He looks at the girl and he just goes. Kyle, if you've ever wondered what it looks like when a woman loses all sexual attraction in one second, that's it. <laughs> and that that hurt, but it was true. And she was like, yeah, who's giving me a ride? <laughs> you seem like the guy that would make jokes during sex. Oh, 
I mean, I like to say that I'm not. I'd like to think I'm above that. But they're usually good jokes during sex. I'm not making like bad jokes or making people uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, I had sex this morning while my girlfriend was making me eggs. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, with her? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did we reach a, a bump on that? She was making eggs, and I just, we were both in our <laughs> underwear, and I was just like. You're like, it's got to it's it's happen. <laughs> uh, please don't listen to this. Oh, gosh. Oh, like, God. Or her parents. At least it wasn't bacon, because then you got to watch out for grease burns. That's Splashback, scary. Yeah, you know, that's some scary stuff. That's never a good thing. If that lands in the wrong eggs, spot, your day is going to be exactly. bad. Eggs, you can cook most stuff out of that. They'll be fine. It's just like boiling water, I think. How old are you, Kyle? I am actually 31. Mm. Which is great because I don't look like I'm old enough to tell my parents I'm a lesbian yet. So it's very nice. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Uh, I think you are 30. You looked this up. No, you. I heard it. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I overheard you earlier say something like that. You looked about 26, though. Yeah. You the a, baby face. Yeah. I had a similar. massive beard till last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah and it's, good. I would have wanted to cuddle you if you had the beard out. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's a big fan of it. And she, like I shaved. And then went over to her place, and she saw it for the first time, and she was like, I was like, babe, how do you like it? She's like, it's nice. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, when I was in New York, I had, um, I was doing this off-Broadway show called The Exes, and it was a really funny comedy. Uh, and I somehow was the comedic relief in the comedy, so it still worked really well. Because uh, that's my type. Just the weirdest person in your script, if I'm acting, I will always play the weirdo. I'll play the drug dealer. I'll play the pimp. I'll that's play... your typecasting. Yes, that's my typecasting. You're never going to be Thor on the on the big No, <laughs> I always wanted to be the hero or the leading man, and it won't happen. I'll always be the weirdest. You'll remember me, but I'll always be the weirdo. Uh, but in this one, I was very weird, and I was I played this Danish character who came in and was the new husband that these other exes were trying to get the wife to sign divorce. It was a romp comedy. It was fun though. Um, but for the show, they wanted me to grow out some weird facial hair because to be honest, and this is a brag, but it is true. 100%. Flex time. Yeah. Super weird flex. No, they told me that I was, uh, in the audition room. They loved me and they told me that they wanted to cast me, but they were worried that I was too good looking. And I was like, this is seriously a first for me. That is so nice. Um, because the, the guy was just supposed to be at first glance. Everybody goes, who the hell is this guy? And then it would be cut to intermission. So you like just get to see my face and that was going to be a joke. But I can grow a really sick beard. Like I can grow it fast. So over the course of the rehearsal, which was a month, uh, I grew out a curly mustache. <coughs> uh, the what would you call it? A Shakespeare goatee mm -hmm. or just the douche goatee. Uh, and then some really nice 70 porn sideburns. <laughs> And my wife at the time hated it. And I think that was probably the decline of our relationship. Because, <laughs> <laughs> we're both, because of facial hair? Uh, it must have been. It, that's the only thing that I could chalk it up to, other than just, you know, time and marrying the wrong person. Yeah. We are friendly if we're diving into that, me and the ex. Yeah. Very friendly, uh, still good people. She's an actress as well. And I think that made the whole process so much easier. No kids. No kids. Uh, that made the process so much easier, yeah. not having children. And I got the cats, so I win. Um, <laughs> yeah, but now I'm a single 14-year-old looking guy with two cats. People are like, what is he doing with those? Um, but yeah, so we're, we're both actors. And she does a lot of musical theater, so it just kind of made sense to split up. And I just can't say anything negative, even though I really want to. But I will say, if as an actress she gets more famous than me, I'm going to murder-suicide the shit out of her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never commit suicide. <laughs>
Well, I was at this, I had my, my beard and, um, I was at a bar with a buddy. We were just catching up, grabbing beers. And this is, you know, I have a very serious girlfriend who I love, plan on marrying and all that. Uh, I actually heard about her on the podcast. And I was like, he's a sweetheart. And I like that. (laughs) She is way out of my league. Makes me such a better person. Good to admit. You need a reacher and a settler. Yeah. I'm the the reacher. She is by far the settler. Props. And, uh, (laughs) and, but me and this buddy were out at a bar and I have my beard. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, you know, I just want to tell you, you look exactly like Tom Brady. And okay. I wanted to be like, I have a girlfriend, but I want to take this woman home because I feel like I'm never going to get this opportunity again. <laughs> well, good you didn't. Oh, uh, never, never. Yeah, I, I no, told totally me that as a joke. Obviously. <laughs> like me and you, uh, I think me and you are very much the same where we believe oh, anything yeah. can be a joke. Anything, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, totally no, I know that's a joke. <laughs> but it was just like, how many times in my life am I going to get this opportunity to say yes. I look like Tom Brady? <laughs> Man. Uh, that opportunity only comes around when you're in relationships, so just keep your head in the game. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you a picture of my girlfriend. Oh, I'd love to see that. That's what you better say. Uh, exactly, right? Because <laughs> so, yeah, I have so I many won't pictures. even make a joke. So are you still doing the on- online dating thing? Uh, you know what? I did do that for the month after my ex moved out in New York and that I was living in New York. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm here. I know that I'm moving back. I have an agency here in Atlanta. And I have pretty much film work waiting on me. And so I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to move back. So this last, oh, she is way out of your league. Way. Way to go, oh, buddy. I mean, just like. You can tell he's, that's, that's you got to get him with that good personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone was making me eggs when we had sex this morning. Oh, man. That's too personal. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> um, dude, that's, that's great, man. Congratulations. How long have you guys been together? Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. All right. Congrats. But I think, they, and I'm sorry to offer, I sometimes no. accidentally interrupt. I don't um, mind. <laughs> but, you know, I think dating in your 30s is so different because you're like, you know, you're over the bullshit of the trying to play games. And like, yes. by like month month four, we were like, all right, this is cool. We want to, you know, see where this goes or see like, you know, yeah. what, or maybe month five or something. But and, you were able to openly say that to yeah. each other instead and, of being like, are you my girlfriend now? Do we have to account to It's not like a sitcom. I don't want them to know how serious yeah. I am about that. Yeah. You're just like, listen, I like you and I want to get on it. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> You're right, though. And, you know, that's the good thing about being single now in my 30s, too, is I I was married. This is and now that I'm entering the dating scene again, it's really nice to know exactly what I want and more specifically what I don't want. I mean, now I know. And there is nothing more unattractive to me in a young girl's eyes than hope. If she is like a hopeful little like 23 year old, I'm like, mm-hmm. That is just gives me the skeevies. <laughs> I need uh, like a Vietnam War vet in the eye. Somebody that has seen some shit, been in the thick of it, you know? <laughs> I mean, ladies, who doesn't want to date a 14-year-old looking lesbian with two cats? That's I mean, right. I mean, get in you line. Gotta, you got to be in some scarred condition to understand <laughs> where my brain's at most times. <laughs> I loved online dating because it was great radio material. Yeah. I went on sense. over. <laughs> I went on 200 dates in two years. What? Really? Yeah, with 200 different women. I, I kind of want to write just that down, and then later you and I are going to work on my latest screenplay. <laughs> it's going to be called A Face for Radio and a Body for Tender. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to write that down. <laughs> the we- People find me insane because I always have just multiple little notebooks mm-hmm. in my pockets, and I'll be in the middle of a conversation at work with tables if I'm like working at a restaurant part-time like I was in Brooklyn after the— plays yeah. uh, and I'll just be like 
they'll be mid-sentence. They'll be like, well, what about these hot wings? And I'll make some joke. And then I'll be like, sorry. And then I'll just scribble notes. And they'll be like, what is he doing? And sometimes I won't even explain. I'll just go. <laughs> uh, I just laugh well, at myself and walk away. <laughs> well, if you use my tidbit, I want a, a credit for it. You're going to producer credit, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to build up my career here. Come, I, come on, man. I'm down with that. It's it's people helping people, baby. People yeah, helping this people. Is, this is off to a great start. <laughs> I like it. This is the start of a good friendship. I'm down. Mm. <laughs> it's beautiful. Hold on. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to answer this call real quick. Answer the call, and I will take this note. Actually. <laughs> Hello, Mother. Hello, Jackson. How are you? Uh, I am in the middle of the podcast, and you're on it right now. Hi, Mom. I will talk to you later. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we, I'll tell you the story after. I'm interviewing a st- my first stand-up comedian ever. Okay. Enjoy. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Love you, Bye, Mom. Mom. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so this is a huge thing where we used to do this in the early days of the podcast. We used to call my mom during it. And oh, man. Is that why she's so quick to get off the phone now? Yes. She's like, I'm not getting another interview. Yeah. <laughs> I would have roped her in, too. You want to call her back? Oh, gosh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, she said love y'all, so she said, she said love you. All right. Uh, it's not kind of serious. We don't have to you, if you don't want to, but the, I will. <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm, I'm actually thinking about calling her here in a minute, but um, <laughs> mm, what was it, what was my uh, segue there? God, beer gets in the way, and it's just so good every time Isn't you take it. Sometimes? His, we can segue into this scofflaw. Oh, it was... The Scope Podcast, sponsored by Scofflaw Brewing Company. Delicious Scofflaw Hooligan IPA stands for Indie Independent Ale. You just, no. You just messed up the plug. <laughs> did. India Pale Ale. Reddit, hold on. Scofflaw Brewing with the Hooligan India Pale Ale. Do you know the history of India Pale Ale? No. Where the name comes from? Uh. That is correct. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my mom, so my mom was the personal secretary for the Almond Brothers and the Marshall Tucker Band in the 70s. Really? So she hates when I bring that up with her on here and we just talk. She's cool. <laughs> she just, she's she's just, cool. Of course she's cool. She worked with the Almond Brothers. Yeah. You'd not be cool. She's, she's a badass lady. I like that. My yeah. mom's kind of a crazy <clears throat> badass. My mom uh, almost got my ex-wife fired from a cruise ship contract where Whoa. my wife was singing on. Uh, almost got her fired because my mom was trying to smuggle drugs into international waters. True story. What? True story. It was just pot, but it was ah, just, still. Just yeah. pot, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Mom, stop smoking weed in your cabin. <laughs> Edibles on board. Weed on port. <laughs> so here's the crazy thing. So weed is legal now in some states. Alaska, which is where we were as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like those in Colorado. That yes. are currently sitting in jail for, you know, they've been in jail for years over massive yes. pot, you know, arrests. They're sitting in jail, and now people are smoking it freely on the street. I wish I could say, I know, that that bugs my brain out. <clears throat> I would I would be pissed if I was sitting in jail. Yeah, although I, I haven't done enough research into it to know if they've let people out. Because I know sometimes with decriminalization, they were talking about letting people that are in for like small infractions like that out once they decriminalized it. But I'm sure if you're like moving like mad pounds of weed or something like that, you know, I don't know what you would call it as a drug dealer. I call it, sir, can I have $20 worth of your finest marijuana, please? (laughs) And then they go, yes, yes, young white boy, you may. (laughs) But it's like, you know, people in jail, they talk to each other about what they're in for. Yeah. And now they're like. Well, I'm in jail for a completely legal thing now. Yeah, I can't imagine. Especially if you're there and you're like, you have this conversation with somebody and somebody's like, 
what are you in for? And they're like, oh, well, I murdered three people and then I stole a van and then I drove it into my dad. And they're like, oh, cool. What are you in for? And he's like, oh, I had I had an eighth of pot on me and I was driving and I was coming back from this real dope Kanye concert. And the guy's like, get the fuck out of my cell. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. That's not the same world and they shouldn't be in the same cell, I think. Have you ever been to jail? I have not. I I have been very blessed with this sadly white privileged face. I don't like that I have it, but I know it's true, so I take advantage of it. And to be honest, I have always been, especially growing up in Florida, because there were plenty of times where I should have been in jail. But I grew up as that white guy from Dave Chappelle's stand up where he goes, everybody needs that white friend who can talk to the police for them. That is me. I've talked my way out of so many tickets. I've sat there and been like, can you hold this pot brownie for me? I'm like, it's my grandma's. She made it. Don't worry. It's just a regular brownie. And then I'll find my like ID and stuff and just talk my way out of it. You do have that face where like, it'd be like, this guy's not causing any trouble. No, Look at him. I'm never any trouble until it's too late. And then I'm already out of state. <laughs> like I, I've never been to jail either. I've gotten so lucky. I mean, you know, and thank the good man upstairs, uh, you know, whether I don't care if you don't believe in that or not. I'm just saying, like, you know, thank like, you. Who's on the 10th floor? <laughs> <laughs> 24th floor, menswear. Oh, Yahweh. And so, so. <laughs> I, uh, I've gotten out, I've got, been able to avoid it. And when I was a kid growing up, all the doctors were patients of my dad's. So uh, I never got a, a ticket there. I but it. I would not do well in prison. No. Like, I'm a big guy and all that. You know, I'm <laughs> 6'2". I'm, I'm, I'm pretty decently muscular, but I would be the bitch. Uh, I sadly agree, uh, just based on how you talk to people, which is a good thing when you're not in prison. People try to act real macho and get really, like, tough about things like that, and that's totally the wrong, like, toxic masculinity way of looking at it. You should be a softie in real life. There should only be very, very few circumstances where you act like a total crazy person. But I was raised by crazy people, so I think that I would actually do kind of okay in prison. Also, I'm great. At, I'm very crafty. I can make shivs very easily. Uh, and I'm when you look at me with my glasses on, I look like somebody you'd bring home to mom. But wait, when I take my glasses off, that's why I get all those weird rolls, because I look like I'd stab you over some quaaludes. And then you'd have to tell me later they don't exist anymore. You look like you have a bag of hair in your closet. That's what I'm saying. I look like I might either follow you home or already be there. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a glass of wine on the couch. I was waiting for yeah. you. <laughs> Turn around in a spinny chair. Hello, me and your cat were expecting you. <laughs> You're out of wine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a little too regal for me. <laughs> I'd be the one like putting out the cigarettes on your sofa. Like, where were you? <laughs> No, I uh, I would be the guy in prison that would obviously be getting like you know rammed in the shower, and I'd be like, I've had bigger, <laughs> <laughs> and then make them just feel bad, so they never yeah. touch me again. Just subtle intimidation. I think that works yeah, yeah, best. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even fill that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best way of get, of dodging that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, every woman you've ever slept with has been highly disappointed. No wonder you You have never given anybody an orgasm ever. No wonder you're so angry and ended up in prison. <laughs> Give it another try, buddy. I'm just saying. You know, if you're going to practice, you might as well make it worth mine and yours time. <laughs> I at least want to get a nut off this. <laughs> yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> you done did me wrong and not in the way you thought. <laughs> That's some good stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, so where were you born? I was born in Tampa, Florida. Um, Buccaneers uh, fan? I mean, yeah, if I have to Lightning choose loyalties. I went to a few Lightning games. It was fun. I'm, I'm not really a sports ball guy altogether. Oh. I like going to games uh, and just watching, but that's because I have no idea what's going on. And I'm just really excited when everybody makes a lot of noise. <laughs> it's like a free place to just scream my little heart out. I don't know what has happened, but go sports! Yeah. Go team! Oh, I love that. I also really enjoy watching UFC. Uh, not <clears throat> in, not for the sport of it, but I love going to bars. Excuse me, this beer is definitely hitting me. <laughs> just only in the acid reflux, nowhere else. <laughs> Turning 30, I had to like really buy a ton more Rolaids than I ever knew I would need. <laughs> Dude, ever since I turned 30, it's like every, something hurts different every day. Yes. It's like, where did this pain oh come from? <laughs> I mean, I work out a lot, but I, I you know, I stretch and so I take care of my body, but I'm still waking up like, oh my gosh, it's not like a, a workout sore. It's like a, a, a pain. I'm like, like, what is this? Something okay. new all the time. Yeah. It's for me, it's every birthday. Uh, wait, let me finish the thought about I got. Oh I yeah, got sorry, sorry. No, no, you're good. So I like to go to the the only sports that I enjoy going to, like at bars and stuff, is UFC. But I just like to get a little drunk, hide in the corner, and then anytime they get real close and they start to grapple, I like to just yell out, "Kiss him, kiss him, good!" And then look around like, "Who the fuck said that?" And everybody in the bar usually has a very similar reaction of like, "Who said that?" And why is that so funny? They want to be mad, but they can't. Uh, but I do want to go back to what you said about ailments because every year since I turned like 26 on my birthday, it seems not just when I wake up, but I wake up, it's my birthday and I'm like, yay, I'm 26. Now I get a new thing that I never suffered from like 26. I learned that I was allergic to soy, which is the weirdest, stupidest allergy. Cause it's in everything. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what does it do? Are you going to be okay? And it does really nothing other than it makes me a little gassy and I get diarrhea sometimes, which I'm like, I'm uncomfortable and I don't want that, but it's like no less annoying than like a very light gluten allergy. <laughs> so, but I got that at 26, 27, uh, I got arthritis in my hips and I was just like, oh yeah, like a, like a Labrador with hip dysplasia. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> uh, and then 28, I started getting acid reflux and then 29, I got allergies for the first time. And I was like, I have never had just sinus allergies. And now I'm just like draining. I'm using a crutch around my house now. And I'm just chasing my cats and calling them names they don't own. So I'm just like full leaning into being 100 years old already. I have acid reflux too. And oh, it sucks. It's so fun. The AR people. I mean, <laughs> uh, we. I'm, L, I'm part of the LI community as well. What's LI? Lactose intolerance. Oh, no. Yes, yes. Oh, no. Your life is just full of constant weird burps, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm like... <laughs> Luckily, I eat very healthy, but, you know, Smart. <laughs> you know, I still every now and then when I drink too much, like uh, I'll go get a milkshake somewhere and I just hate <laughs> my life. You're like, I, you can't <clears throat> help it with those certain snacks or like yeah. certain treats. My go to that I know has soy in it, certain ones, but I sour candy, like sour straws specifically. Yeah, I blow through those things so quick and then that murders my acid reflux because it's just. Like acid. That's all mm. it is. It's literally just acid. But I love sour crap. I can't help it. <laughs> so I'll go through like a whole pack and my mouth will be like bright blue. And then I'll try to when I was I think this is another reason that I might have gotten divorced because I didn't care. They'd be like two days a week. I'm like, I'm having a sour straw <laughs> frenzy and I just eat a ton of them. And then my mouth would be blue and then I'm just burping up acid all day. <laughs> my wife at the time was like, you know, you just shouldn't eat those. I was like, Maybe you should just. Not tell me what to do. <laughs> and then she left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
<clears throat> I hope you and your wife are cool. We actually are really cool. She texted me today when we were talking. Um, very friendly. She's on uh, contract right now in Florida. Uh, she got her equity card, so big news for theater. That's like full pay, full time benefits, whatever she needs. It's, wow. it's pretty great. So I'm really proud of her. Equity card. Yeah, that's, I've never heard this term before. Oh, equity is like the Screen Actors Guild for stage. Oh. Um, but it works a little differently. You've got to accumulate a lot of points by working with equity theaters uh, and not getting equity pay. Uh, but now, once you're equity, you can like walk right in in New York uh, for like Broadway plays and musicals and stuff, and they have to see you before anybody else because you're part of the equity team. I love plays. Yeah, I'm going to see Middleton on Thursday. I don't think I'm familiar with Middleton. Yeah, at Strand Theater in uh, downtown Marietta. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, the theater that I'm doing the um, the stand-up show with, or the it's. I'm calling it a stand-up show, but it's actually their fundraiser. Uh, they're in Marietta. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, and I love plays. What's Middleton? Uh, it's a. Uh, I didn't really do a lot of research. I just oh, got so invited. You're gonna go. Yeah, okay. I, I love seeing new things that I know nothing yeah. about. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't like watching like spoilers or I don't like watching mm -hmm. like trailers for things. Even if I know there's people in it, or I know it's by a writer that I like. I'm like, oh, I trust that writer or I trust that director. So I'm gonna go see that without learning anything. It uh it apparently is about a world inside of a world, like uh, Middleton, Middle Earth. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I don't know. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna I'm be trippy. That sounds neat. <laughs> I gotta drive my girlfriend to LASIK before it, but you know. <laughs> Are you taking her post eye surgery to see the play? They're like, yeah, Here. she can't see it. I was gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna explain it to her. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna <laughs> mouth talk to her. Well, you have the radio research, so you can train. I'm in the front row. They'll be like, Shh, can you please be quiet? I'm explaining the, <laughs> I'm <laughs> the play to my blind girlfriend. You <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like I had no idea. And she'll be like, it was just temporary blindness. I'll be like, get out of here. Come back next week. <laughs> I've been in 30 plays. Been to or in? In. Oh, as an actor? Yes. Very nice. I wanted to be an actor all my life growing up. Okay. And then I got into high school and uh, found uh, started playing football and basketball and golf and all that on the team. And I was like, this is for pussies. And then I looked <laughs> back on it and I was like, I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. <laughs> One of my, my favorite movies of all time. Raging Bull? On the waterfront. On the waterfront. Why yeah. was I thinking of Raging Bull? Uh, Isn't that, that's about yeah, boxers. Yeah, you know, Every time I hear contender, I think boxers. They're, they're, <laughs> they're sitting in the car, and he, he, he was a boxer. Can I be honest? Yeah. I haven't seen On the Waterfront. I know. No, don't let this be the... This is strike one. It's not strike three. Don't worry. We can still be this friends. Is, this is, I'm a sports guy. I'm a sports <laughs> guy. So my first five years in radio was, was, was as a sports broadcaster. Nice. Yeah, I'm a huge sports fan. So, All right. Uh, my girlfriend hates it. My mom had to watch way too much sports with me growing up, but she was a real trooper. You know, a real trooper. <laughs> real trooper. But um, what did you get into acting? How did you find it? Uh, I've been acting uh, pretty much since I could like walk and talk. Uh, I know my first stand-up gigs were when I was like four years old, five, six, just growing up around family. My mom would... <laughs> I learned this later in life. I just thought that they were hanging out after like a meal, but there were times that my mom would get all of my cousins and family stoned and then they'd be like, I want to meet your mom. She's pretty great. So they get them a little stoned and then uh, she'd just be like, Kyle, Kyle, come entertain us. And then just dry. No, no rehearsals, no writing. Cause I was a small child. I just come out and have to like 
Uh, it wasn't like dancing and singing. I would literally just do crowd work. At like six years old, I was just in a little suit and tie, and I'd be like, so, you two, how long have you been together? Oh, fancy that. You think you're better than me? You've been together 12 years? I'm only eight? I had, I don't know why I had a Brooklyn accent. I was from Florida, but it was fun. <laughs> so it always works me like that. And then uh, I got into it in, I mean, again, since I could talk. So uh, elementary school and middle school in Florida, I went to uh, magnet school. So they're like specifically for the arts. And uh, I learned a lot um, there because they had like really good teachers and stuff that were professional in theater community and stuff. And then they'd bring them in and like we get all these great workshops. So I've been acting a lot of stage. Um, right after I graduated high school, I started working uh, in Tampa Theater, which there's a really nice, close-knit theater community in Tampa, Florida. Um, a lot of very talented directors and stages and different theaters, so it's, it's really cool. Um, I worked with a lot there, and then uh, me and my ex moved out here because that wasn't we weren't making enough to where I was tired of doing like day jobs all the time. <laughs> So we came to Atlanta uh, maybe six years ago, uh, and then we stayed for two years. But I have an agent here, and I also started creating a lot, too, like a lot more writing when I got here. But yeah, acting forever. Sorry, long-winded answer. You're welcome. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to hear more. I mean, what was uh, what's the difference? All right, so you were in Brooklyn before this, right? Yes, for two years. And that was mostly for work, because in Brooklyn, I was, um, I was living in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, which is literally just... <laughs> Uh, it's right across the river from Staten Island. So we're basically just Staten Island. It took like forever to get into the city. You're not Manhattaners. Or no, 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 no. I would, I barely even call us Brooklyn. <laughs> when people hear Brooklyn, they think of like cool parts or like Williamsburg, like something really close to the city. But for me, it was basically the retirement community of Brooklyn. We were in like old town Brooklyn, but it was really cool because it was like a slice of Americana. It was like living in Brooklyn in like the fifties or something. Like, nobody had cars, and everybody was over 90 and would tell you about the good old days. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> New York's probably my favorite place. I love New York. New York was pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if I'd move back. I wasn't too crazy about living there. It was fun. I had a great time, but it was just so expensive, and then there was no space for anything. And I'm from Florida, so I just come from, like, mad amounts of land, you know? And then I lived here, and then living in Brooklyn, I took— we moved into a one-bedroom apartment, and oh my god, dude! When I say one-bedroom apartment, it was about the size of this room, and like this tiny studio, <laughs> kitchen, yeah. bedroom, bathroom, all in. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. You get really good at Tetris when you live in Brooklyn. Let me put it that way. Like my Tetris score, my phone has gone up like tenfold after living in New York. I did downsize so much crap there. <laughs> and you still paid like over a thousand dollars. Oh, I definitely paid way more than I'm paying here, and now I'm in a three-bedroom house here. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What was the difference? for the, the scene doing stand-up comedy in Brooklyn versus here in Atlanta? Oh, uh, I was actually chasing an acting bug in, in New York a lot okay. more. So I only did two stand-up shows when I was there, and that was like kind of when I first moved out. Um, dude, to be honest, New York, people will say it's harder, and it definitely is. It was borderline brutal. Like some of the open mics that I would go to, which you'll find anywhere. Anytime you go to an open mic, you're just practicing material. And the only people that are there are other comedians practicing the material usually. Um, but yeah, in Brooklyn, I had one page show. Uh, this was actually in Manhattan. This was on the Lower East Side, which was pretty cool. Um, I had one page show uh, that I went on and they, they first told me that I was going to have three minutes and I was going to go second to last. 
And then they were like, oh, we had a singer that didn't show up. So it was kind of like a cabaret style. They did a bunch of different things, but I was brought in as the comedian. I was like, all right, cool. So then they were like, oh, how about you do eight minutes? And three minutes of material compared to eight minutes is a lot. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But luckily, I'm usually, like you can tell, just willing to talk. So I was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and then it went from eight minutes, and right before it was my set to go, they were like, okay, so now you're going to go right before the intermission. You're going to do eight minutes. And then if you don't mind, do you want to just like host the last half of it? Because the host has to leave. And they're like, okay. And I was like, this is going to be great. My first paid gig, I'm getting all these extra responsibilities. And then they... I should have tried negotiating there on the spot. I'd be like, no, you're not paying me for that. Pay me more. But I didn't because I was just, you know, bright faced. And I was like, yes. And then I go and I get I get through my first three minutes and it's doing OK. But whoever there was a rapper that went on before me. And as they were leaving, uh, the entire room left with them because apparently this guy was like big news. And I think that's why all of the other acts started dropping out because they found out that he was 90% of the crowd and he had done some good promotion and brought out like 90% of the people. Mm -hmm. So I did my my last like five minutes as literally the entire theater was getting up and leaving. So I'm in the middle of doing my set and they're all just like, did you hear that song you did? They're like reviewing the song list. They're louder than me somehow and I have like a PA system and I'm just dying on stage and five minutes on stage where literally four people are talking to you or listening to you and then there's a hundred people that are literally walking out the door in the middle of you talking feels like a million years. Yeah. And I haven't felt that way since I had started maybe 10 years ago, like in front of audiences. <laughs> I was just wetting buckets. And uh, I, I remember it kind of just snapped a little bit because I was like, all right, I'm fed up. <laughs> so I got down off the stage and I just walked past. I was like, thank you guys for listening as I walked past. And I walked up to the crowd and I stood in line with them because they had a wireless mic. Mm -hmm. And I stood behind them as they were piling out the door. And I just started interviewing people. As they were leaving, I was like, how'd you like the show? And they're like, um, it was it was good. And then they realized that they were hurt. And I was like, oh, really? Why don't you stick around for the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I kind of got my revenge, but they didn't ask me back for a third show. <laughs> uh, impromptu, like, you know, doing things on the spot. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, they're really, that's, that's the most you can do if Things aren't really working on stage. You just improv it up. I'm going OG right now. I'm putting my hood on. I like on. it. I'm sorry. I'm doing a power move right now. Oh, power move. You I, know need you, I need you to know that I'm the host right now. It intimidated now. me back into my position. Thank you. <laughs> I love I love hoods. I don't know why. Sorry. Just come accustomed to hoods. I used to never do it because I liked my hair too much. Uh, but then I You realized, do have beautiful hair. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Put almost no effort into it. Be jealous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, real quick before... I'm, I hope you have time blocked out because we got plenty more to go. We got nothing to do today. All right, good. Yeah, my brothers who I live with is out of town. My girlfriend's at her house. I got the place to myself. <laughs> Baby, I'm just going to buy some beer and go home and Netflix and chill solo style. You know Perfect. what I'm saying? Oh, you need that me time, don't you? Oh, I need that me time. I don't get me time ever, ever. No. <laughs> so I, I used to do uh, open mic nights, mm. uh, stand-up comedy open mic nights. And I want to share with you the joke that got the most laughs ever that I did. I want oh. you to critique it, okay? Oh, I'm ready. It was the first stand-up I ever did. You know, the five-minute open mics. Yeah. And um, this was the, the, the one that got the most laughs ever. Are you ready? With <clears throat> so I went into a grocery store, uh, you know, had to do the shopping and all that, had to, you know, get the food for the week. And I'm walking through the grocery store, and I see this, this woman walking through the store, beautiful woman. I mean, 12 on a 10. And I see her walking down the aisles, and I'm like, I gotta go talk to this woman. I gotta, I gotta, you know, see if I can 
you know, make her my girlfriend or something like that. And so I see her and I'm walking and I see her down the aisle and I'm like walking up to her, right? Well, you know, real pimp style, shrugging my shoulder, you know, got the confidence level on high. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I get next to her and I'm like, so I see you're looking at tampons. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Kotex colors. And I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck am I going to say right now? Uh, uh, okay, Kotex colors, they're colorful, they're fun, they're exciting. So I look at her and I say the first thing that comes to my mind, Kotex colors. It's quite a party for your pussy. <laughs> 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 oh, I like it. And I don't know, maybe the way I I, I told it, like, timed bet, I timed it better when I told it. Maybe it was a little longer, but... No, I feel like less. I like it. I like the joke. I like where it went. I like where it ended. Uh, it's just so you, and that's the thing that really makes comedy great, is I couldn't tell that joke and get away with it. I feel like if I did that, they'd be like, people would already be like, oh ready to tell the news. I knew him. Everyone said he was so normal, but he said, pardon your pussy. And I was like, he's a murderer. <laughs> but no, so that one works for you. I like that. And then I find brevity always works too. Yeah. Um, also, it's weird telling a stand-up style joke to one person. Yeah. <laughs> it really sets the mood differently. I think as a stand-up comedian, you like you really got to know your niche. Your thing. Yes, exactly. Like, that's the only way you're going to, like, you know, people like Jim Jeffries or Bill Burr. My Bill Burr is my favorite right now. I'm, he's just the angry freaking guy, white guy that, you know. I mean, but uh, what I like about Bill is he makes fun of everything. Yeah. He doesn't just do one thing and hammer on it. He'll make fun of both sides of something. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I love Bill Burr. I mean. I like the way that Bill Burr will flip the conversation. He'll take something. And that's what makes him funny. That's like his voice and funny. He'll take something that everybody knows and everybody is like on board with, and then he'll show you why you're wrong. But he does it in his angry way that you get behind him, that you're like, oh, man, I have been stupid. Why didn't I know Oprah was terrible? Just kidding. Sorry, Oprah. Please don't come after me. I'm terrified of Oprah. <laughs> She'd have you killed in a second. I'm like looking for red dots in this room right now. She's got ears everywhere. She is an impressive lady and beautiful and talented. Please don't hurt me, Oprah. I, you know who I love? Like a woman, female host? I love Ellen DeGeneres. I love Ellen. I've actually always been a big fan of her. I, that's why I put her in my joke about being, yeah. you know, the daughter of Ellen DeGeneres and Jane Lynch. She, I used to watch her stand up growing up. Uh, so watch all of her TV shows. And then she got the, the talk show. And I just watch her dance. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done. It's all I need. No, I watch it sometimes. It's fun. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in a very all white, all Republican town. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was, you know, heavy racism. I was never that way, but that's the kind of environment I grew up in. Yeah. You know, in the country, uh, hunting and fishing. Again, okay, North Georgia. North Georgia. North Georgia. But you know, I'm very much different from where I grew up. Where I expand my mind. Like yeah. you know, I. I I love all that stuff. Not the racism part, but like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> white Republicans, fine. But I then, understand the small town thing is nice. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm open to all kinds of stuff. Oh, like yeah. like Ellen DeGeneres, who is completely, no one in Blairsville likes Ellen DeGeneres. I'll what? Just, Blairsville, get on your shit. Ellen is legit. Right now. No one likes Oprah in Blairsville. Blairsville. You're missing out. Blairsville. <laughs> You're missing out. You know how many good books you you haven't read just because you were like, I don't trust her opinion on books. You know what? You know what would what probably is Blairsville's favorite show? What's up? Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. I mean, that's probably. And religion. I promise you, those guys from Duck Dynasty are way cooler than the people in Blairsville. Yeah. <laughs> those guys drink and smoke weed all day. They got open minds. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Thank you for coming out here, brother. Yeah, of course. I kind of grew up in a small town vibe like that as well in Florida. I say Tampa just because that's the area that people know, but we were always very backwoodsy kind of families. My dad liked to live off the grid a bit. Uh, We lived on the river, so we were surrounded by a very similar, like, kind of, well, not similar, but I'd just say it, white (laughs) trash, which is kind of its own minority. It's a true term. Yes, very true. It exists, and they are terrifying and very dangerous. So, uh, yeah, we grew up. I like to joke that we're river trash, but we actually had a nice place. I I was very lucky and very blessed as a child. I had a great family who were very open-minded and very just out there. And I think that's why my dad liked to live on the outskirts. He's like, let's get away from everything. Uh, I mean, one time I remember riding on the river because we had a boat. We were in a boat, and we were riding down the river, and my mom was smoking a joint. And my dad was drinking some beer, and these guys were in their house because you can see the houses right next to the river. And they had a dock. They were hanging out doing something very similar, and they were listening to, like, Led Zeppelin or something, and my family are old rockers. So my dad was like, whoa, and he slowed the boat down. He's like, what's up, guys? You jamming out? And they're like, yeah. And then by the end of the conversation, we were in their shed which sounds a little murdery, but it wasn't. They had a full moonstein, a moonshine distillery and like in their shed, which was very, very, here it's kind of cool, but it was very legal in Florida. Uh, so my mom ended up trading them some weed for some moonshine, and then we continued our boat party with them, and we just kind of shared everything down the river, and then we brought them back on our way home. Uh, we did mom. Dude, Ugh. family stories. Mom, uh, I'd say don't listen to this, but she's going to love it. I'm going to send her the link as soon as we get out of here. My mom's <laughs> going to love this. <laughs> well, it's not going to be live right now. No, no, I know that. Oh, oh. I know I radio all the time. <laughs> this isn't the radio. I'm not on the this radio? Is... No. Are you kidding me? It's the podcast. I'm out. You're oh, done. This. You're done. No, You're no. Done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get all this. I'm so excited. Have you noticed me notice this microphone a hundred times? I know. It's beautiful. I've never been in a room this nice with this equipment. <laughs> That's what I love about doing this podcast and being on the radio. I get to do it here versus, yeah. you know, having like, you know, mobile podcast equipment that I bring. Yeah. Well, I, I like the podcast layout, actually. Yeah. I'd never gotten into it before the last like year. Uh, and then living in Brooklyn and riding <clears> trains, <throat> having to go to this off Broadway show. Uh, and ride a train for an hour and a half every day for three months. Oh, It sounds bad, but it's kind of like traffic in Atlanta, where you deal with traffic, but you're stuck, and you're the one driving, so you have to be responsible. I could just get, I could, sometimes I bring a train beer with me. <laughs> just, yeah, looks like soda most of the time. Do you get a little train beer? <laughs> now, there is one more beer, and it's yours. I would love that. Mm. Thank you. That is yours. Um, Well, yeah, so I would start to listen to podcasts. Uh, started listening to a lot of my friends, uh, and then... When I was driving back down, I finally started getting into true crime podcasts. Lore is one of my favorites. War? Lore. A lore. L-O-R-E. My cousin told me about that. That's the next on my list. It's so good. Oh, okay. I gotta check this one out. I have no idea what it's about, and I don't want to know. I just trust the people who have told me it's good. I'm like, it's, that's the next one. Yeah, it's just, it, like, you get five minutes into it, and you're hooked. Awesome. I just yeah. did uh, S-Town, or Shit Town. Huh? That one was really cool. Uh but I got like, like, you were on it or you listened? Oh, no. Oh. It was like a true crime one. Oh, okay, okay. The, the true crime podcast that I'm going to be on hasn't come out yet. And guess <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about that murder-suicide earlier. Oh, uh, you got to play into it. <laughs> so now they're going to listen to this, the FBI is, when uh, when you you know do it. No way, because this is freedom of speech. This is... Uh, this is me making jokes about it. I would be so stupid to make jokes and then act. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what the word? You know what I hate about stand-up comedy today? What's that? People can't take a fucking joke anymore. 
Um, yeah, there's certain things that sometimes people will say, you need to learn how to take a joke. And then really it's what they mean is I need to learn how to deliver a joke. Mm. But there are certain times where I'm like, I gotta, uh, I actually have to like censor myself. I, hate doing that. <laughs> I mean, there's just like, there's this one guy, what's his freaking name? He has a, a big stand up about making jokes about kids with cancer. Oh, wait. Um, I mean, nuts. Now that you can't remember, I can't either. Anthony Jeselnik? Yes. Yes. Okay, anybody who gets mad at Anthony Jeselnik is not listening. They heard the first few words, and then they stopped paying attention, and then they got mad because they couldn't think of something as funny. That guy is hilarious, and it's so clearly jokes. It's his timing. He's sometimes he'll, I watch his Twitter. That Anthony Jeselnik is the way that I get my bad news from the world. I'm tired of the news. It's too harsh. So, like, as soon as something terrible happens, I'm like, I need somebody who can make this funny for me, and I'll go to that. Yeah. That's that's my kind of thing, which it does suck, but uh, sometimes because people will tell you you need to like work on your timing, or it's too soon. That's the thing that I get a lot. It's too soon. I'm like, is it too soon? Nothing's too soon. Is it too soon? Because I plan on the day that I die, if I am lucky enough to die in a hospital bed, as soon as I'm about to go, I want to just lean over to whoever is next to me, wife, girlfriend, nurse, mom, I don't know, little brother, whoever's there, and I just want to say, when I die, just know that I shit myself to fuck with the doctor. <laughs> and then I want that to be my last words. And they'll be, they'll say it's too soon, but is it? When I die, when I die, I don't want any sadness. I want people making jokes. I want people like, oh, this guy was an asshole. He deserved it. Or I want like a big party at my funeral. I want yeah. like DJs. I want people wearing Hawaiian shirts and like, you know. You got to die the way you lived. And for me, I'm going to die drunk and driving. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I am Ubering home after this. Do not worry. Did you Uber here? Yeah. I don't have a car. I moved from Brooklyn, and we, I sold my car the week that I got to Brooklyn. I knew that I was going to be there for a little while. I wanted to test out the area. I did a, a nice SAG film. I did some off-Broadway plays. So I, I worked there as an actor, and then I was like, I am, I've never lived without a car. I was from Florida and then here in Atlanta, and they actually had, like, pretty decent, like, you know, what do you call it? Public transportation. Sorry. Second beer, and I can't think of the words public transportation. <laughs> But I was excited to come back to Atlanta because I'm in Grant Park now and there's a lot of, uh, I'm like right next to a MARTA station. I can get pretty far in places. So it's split the time and it's still less than, it's still less time and less money than it took me to get into Manhattan from Brooklyn. So I'm like, all right, I think I can do it. You just Uber everywhere right now? No, I have, uh, <laughs> because I refuse to grow up, I have many skateboards. With many different wheels and bearings that take me very far and very fast. I don't see you as a skateboarder. Uh, I've been skating since I... I've been surfing since I could walk. That's the Florida in me. Uh, I stopped doing tricks maybe like four or five years ago, like hard tricks. I never did them. I stopped trying to do tricks. Because I'm too... I got to keep this baby face, this pretty actor face. I got to keep it intact somehow, you know. That's how you make the money. That's my money maker, baby. So, <laughs> yeah, I stopped trying scary shit. I just go down hills and I know how to stop. That's it. I just like to go fast and stop good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I skateboard. I got my bike. Uh, the bird scooters are so fun. I Lately, I refuse to stand on them, so I will just get on my skateboard whenever I'm going up a hill, and I'll take one of the, like, Uber scooter or the Uber rides, and then I'll just work the motor, and then I'll just hit in ride and just ditch it. And then go flying on my skateboard off in the other direction. Holy crap. I won't do that. I'll park it and take the photo. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a responsible adult now. But I will ride my skateboard while just working the motor. And then I'll park it gently. <laughs> that is too funny. It works. 
I want to see that. It looks stupid. They're like, why don't you just stand on it? <laughs> it's not as fun to ride. <laughs> I've, I've ridden the bird scooters one time, yeah. and I'll never do it again. Really? I love Because it, it was after, it, I went to an improv theater on New Year's Eve last year. Okay. Uh, and with a girl I was dating at the time, and it was like 2.30, and are you jeweling? Yeah. We both got jewels. Yeah, I quit yeah. smoking like 10 years ago. That's a lie. I quit smoking like last week. No. <laughs> now you don't know where I'm at. Uh, I actually did quit uh, a few I'm, years back, and then I started doing this because there was no way I was going to give up nicotine. <laughs> well, you know, they're about to stop selling jewel pods. Yeah. yeah. It's not a jewel, though. They have the disposable. What is that? It's a Stig. A Stig? I don't want to promote them. I actually am very secretive about it. I don't like mm. people to know that. I'll tell it on the radio. I don't really care. Not on the radio, on the podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just whenever people learn that I used to smoke or that I still vape and stuff, they get so weird because, I, again, I look like I'm 14 and uh, my brand, you know how you have a type when you're an actor? Mm. My brand as like somebody, as a comedian or as people, I find that I'm America's little brother. People just really want to take care of me. Like, since people found out that I got divorced, they're like, you poor child. And people, like, trying to buy me lifts and stuff. Like, they're like, can I give you an Uber ride home? I'm like, no, I got my skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I play right into it. People keep buying me meals and cooking me dinner. And I'm like, really? I'm okay. <laughs> this has been fun. I'm now single again. I still look like a child so I can enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's like my brand. So when people learn that I vape or I, I smoke or if they learn that I smoke other stuff, they, uh, they're always like, oh, Kyle. And you can just see like a little piece of their like paternal instincts just died with me. Yeah. <laughs> now you're just a regular person. You're a regular shithead. Oh my God. I'm just a regular douche. Who would have guessed? <laughs> I'm not even that regular. I'm pretty much more of a dick than most. <laughs> but I'm so, nice to my friends. So at this point in your career, which one takes more prevalence, the stand-up comedy or the acting? Uh, acting and writing for me. Uh, I write a lot, and the stand-up has stemmed out of the writing. Um, I do love stand-up, but I just have so much respect for the stand-up comedians that just do stand-up. I don't. I that is a, such a harsh life for me. <laughs> Like the, the people that make a living it? off of it. It's insane. Like, I'm too lazy for that shit. I'll, I, I like acting because somebody else will write some of the parts and they'll send it to me and then I can supplement my income between, you know, the different jobs. Yeah. I also write a lot. I've written some, some short films that I've sold uh, that are in different film festivals by different directors. Uh, I've written uh, two different animated TV pilots. Uh, for that were aimed for pitching, but I, I mean, I got my payment out of it, so it was really nice. I, I don't think either one went anywhere, <laughs> but those were those were kind of fun. One was a kid show, and I got really proud of of how I went into it, but I just don't think it got picked up because I don't think the animation was there. Um, and that was in New York, so that was kind of neat. And then uh, I've written several short films uh, that I'm holding on to. One that I just did a Kickstarter for about. I wrote it before I knew I was getting divorced, but it's about a writer who is an agoraphobic, never leaves his little apartment, gets divorced, and then has a mental snap because he's so alone for so long that he thinks his cat is a is an Egyptian goddess, and it starts telling him to kill his wife. <laughs> so he's like looking at his cat one day, and he's like, you know, the Egyptians might have been onto something. <laughs> and then it just spirals from there. But it's really trippy and fun. Uh, and I like to write... 
I call them genre benders because I have such a naturally comedic voice when I write. I can't turn that off, and I don't mm-hmm. think I should. I think if I do, then that's not being true to myself. So, uh, sorry, I get really passionate about writing. So uh, I'll I'll write, and I like to write like it's a full comedy, but then it's also a very dr- like I have a feature film that's a full comedy, and then it's a very dramatic uh, story about a scientist who's like fighting big pharmaceutical. But you laugh the whole way through, and I like to use the comedy as an element in almost anything that I do to like you. It lulls you into a false sense of comfort as an audience, and then I like to pull the rug out uh, and just really make you feel some emotions and stuff because there's layers to this boy. Sorry, <laughs> comes in there with cool at the end. I didn't know any way of saying there's layers to me without feeling like a pretentious ass, so I felt like I'll just dive in the other way. <laughs> just go, just dig the grave already. <laughs> But as I'm sure you know, the acting scene here in Atlanta is huge. Yeah, that's why I was actually looking forward to coming back. Um, I did theater in in New York, and it was great, and it was such an experience. But it takes so much time, uh, just because you know you're there every day. Like that's how you make money by bringing in an audience each time. And I really like not doing the same thing a lot. I love living in different places. I love traveling. I love never doing the same thing over and over again. Like if it comes down to if I'm going to eat at a restaurant I know is good or one I've never been to, I'm going to the one I've never been to. Right. I'm trying something I can't pronounce just because that's, I love that. So I feel like with film, I get a lot more of that. And Atlanta's crazy with film, uh, especially since they kept the tax incentive, uh, which is amazing. So yeah, there's so much going on here. Uh, I'm loving my agent. I got a new one in the area. Uh, Sorry. Uh, so it's it's been really great. And uh, I've only been back for two weeks and I've had so many auditions that I've had to like start calling out of the survival job that I got when I moved here, um, which nothing makes me happier than having to call out of a day job to do, you know, my passion or right. my dream job and then making money from that is awesome, too. So what is your survival job? Oh, restaurants with this personality. I still need an audience. <laughs> so I just I could. I love just walking into any restaurant and being able to just go, I don't know what you want to order, but you're going to tell my manager I'm the best server you've ever had. <laughs> I can't say, I can't tell you what's on the menu, but you'll be happy that you had it. Because it, again, it's just that stand-up comedian, like being on stage confidence. Uh, and 99% of the time, I'm just like literally shitting my pants and like hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, when are they going to catch on that I don't know what I'm doing? It's been like 10 years, so it kind of works. <laughs> where, where do you work? Uh, I just got a day job at the Republic Social House in Grand Park, which is really nice, uh, cool place. And then I'm very excited because at the end of the month, I'm training. Uh, I come from a craft beer background, just to give you a little head, like precursor into this. Uh, I, I love craft beer, so I was really excited when I saw Scofflaw was uh, sponsoring this. I was like, that's sick. And then when I knew we were going to be drinking it, I got even more excited. Um but there's a new brewery coming out called Firemaker Brewery. Uh, I heard about that. Firemaker Brewing, yeah. Uh, I just saw their uh, their showroom, their tap room is amazing. They have some incredible art and they have really good beer. They let me try some of them. So good. Uh, but I'm going to be bartending in their in their tap room. Uh, Sweet. And they are very adamant about uh, pushing the creative side of Atlanta. So a lot of their bartenders, a lot of their staff are going to be actors and just different people in the area that they, when I started the job and I applied, because I always give the preface, hey guys, I know I'm going to be working here part-time, but I'm like seriously part-time because I will be doing other things. I always start working as soon as I get like wherever I'm at. So 
I was like, I've already booked when I was applying for this job. I've already booked some other work. And I was like, so just know I have these things coming up. But they were really great about being like, we don't want you to be, we don't want to be your last job. They're like, we don't want to be the job you end up in forever. We want you to, to be here and enjoy it. And then, you know, go out, branch out. We get excited about that. And then if you, you bring that back. So it's, I think that's a really cool place. That's cool. Yeah. I, that's what the Firemaker brand is all about. And now I actually have the job. Now that I you're just that. promoting. You're promoting uh, another craft brewery on a podcast that's sponsored by another brewery. That's a different thing. That's I was talking about. Um, <laughs> I was talking about porn. They're trying to make a porn, and we make porn on the internet. Uh, and that's what being a porn star is all about. Uh, goodbye. Scuffle has <laughs> <laughs> uh, been great to me, man. They're, uh, they're, they're incredible. I mean, they're just, they've just been so good about supporting the podcast and. They've been supporting it for, sponsoring it for two years now. Nice. And they're just like, if I want to do a live podcast there, they're always cool about it. The yeah. owner, Matt, uh, is great. And free beer is. It's always awesome. But especially Scofflaw's beer, though. I remember uh, when I first left uh, Atlanta and I moved to Brooklyn, I remember looking for Scofflaw because I had just had it for like the first, because they're relatively new brewery they've been around like four, three, three, three four years, years. Three. three yeah. yeah so i was in brooklyn for two so like i only had it like a few weeks before i moved i was like oh my god it makes some good beer and then i thought maybe i could get some at like different crap beer sellers in in brooklyn can't find a lot of georgia beer no uh which made me sad because their shit is delish again that's scofflaw brewing uh with the india pale ale Hooligan, because I, sir, am also a hooligan. To you and yours. <laughs> I love your voice. You have that animated, uh, just voiceover uh, oh, accent. I've done a few voiceovers. I think I should do a lot more. Uh, yeah, there's nothing normal about this voice. <laughs> I was a voice a, a voiceover actor for a long time. I have my claim to fame. I think is um, I did the last ever Dos Equis Most Interesting Man in the World commercial. Oh really? I voiced it. Yeah. You do have a great voice. It's like it's you've got the kind of voice that makes me jealous because mine's so high pitched, especially when I get excited. <laughs> it was like from the world of the most interesting man comes his coveted collection. That was you. Yeah. I used to go to sleep just listening to that piece of that commercial. No, <laughs> and my girlfriend loves it. It was it's a, it was always a great thing with ladies. They love my voice. Oh yeah. And when I get to. Talking a little dirty in those ears. It gets a little crazy, crazy. It's like, (laughs) open your knees and feel the breeze because heating's coming in. Oh, that's so good. I had to close my legs. That was impressive. I'm not going to lie. Your girlfriend is a lucky lady. (laughs) And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, there is me, who at every drive-thru I've ever driven through to get food, as soon as I get to the thing, they're like, anything else for you, (laughs) ma'am? And then when I get to the window, they look at me like, did you just steal this car mid-drive-thru order? And then they make sure that they know they see that I'm a man because they'll be like, oh, here you go, sir. Anything else for you, sir? Do you want some ketchup, sir? And I'm like, just you're compensating yeah, for what they just overcompensating because I look like I'm 16. So there's no way they think I'm an adult and will call me sir. Sir, you have a wonderful day, sir. Have the best day ever, sir. You, Thank sir, you, sir, tall man, brave man, you, you, sir, man, Mr. Sir, man. Did, did you invent fire, sir? You, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although you get, and that comes from acting too. So I assume, you know, like having done theater in high school, you, you started playing with your voice a lot, right. which I, I really like that. I like coming from that because 
I use that as a comedian. I get up here because that's the brand. But I enjoy sometimes in film where I'll, because again, like with film, really different characters than I play on stage. So it's, or when I play when I'm doing stand-up, like as myself, I'm such a light person. But on films, I always get like real weird and dark with it sometimes. Um, So, you know, you just gotta, you know, man, you just gotta learn how to use your voice in different ways. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played all different kind of things. You know, do whatever you want. That's not real acting, by the way, if you just change your voice. <laughs> you owe me money. You owe, no, because I can still get scary if I just break a bottle and go, you owe me money, motherfucker. <laughs> I was high last week, and I went into this huge monologue uh, where I was this guy from Brooklyn. Like, uh, me and my cousin Vinny, yeah, we were in Brooklyn for 10 years, and, you know, uh, Pop, he owned a pizza place there in Brooklyn, and, you know, Vinny, I just did this whole thing. That's not like, bad. I mean, it was it was it was not my best. Now it's great when I'm higher. It seemed great. Yeah, for some but, reason. <laughs> but I'll paint you a picture. Uh, I was going to college in Athens, Georgia, and I saw this really hot girl at a table, right? And I wanted to pretend to be Irish, and I, I made out with I made out with her ten seconds after uh, I said this. I go, your hair is more beautiful than an Irish sunset on a cold spring morning, and I brushed your hair back. Nailed it. There you go. You oh, yeah. nailed it, boy. That's beautiful. No, just like an Irishman. Uh, the last time I used an Irish accent to impress a lady, I was... Um... <laughs> True story. Uh, I told the girl, I said, you're more beautiful. I said, you're sexier than you think, and you're more beautiful than you'll ever know. And that crushed it. And then we got married. And then we got divorced. <laughs> this was the woman you married? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I think I should have known that it, when she agreed to marry me because of the Irish accent that it may not have worked out. Maybe she should have met my actual Kyle. Plus, doing an Irish accent for the last four years has been a pain in the ass. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not really Irish. I'm an American. <laughs> she was like, oh, well, then I want out of this. <laughs> no, I didn't use an accent the whole time. Uh, I did. I have done that, though. Irish accent. Um... I love accents. I've studied a lot of dialects. I played a Dane or yeah, I played a Danish person in the in one of the off-Broadway shows. And then uh, the show I did before the X's was called Friendly's Fire. And it was one of the most beautiful plays. Like seriously, the story, one of the most beautiful plays that I have ever been in, ever read, ever seen. Uh, and nobody came to see it. <laughs> Theater's such a hard thing. Uh, people really, we did have a really good turnout. It just for me, I was just like, I wanted Ed to be full every night. And actually, the writer, John Patrick Bray, is from Georgia. Really? From Athens, of all places, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he Pretty came sure? Up, pretty sure you come on this podcast with facts. Hold on. I know it's been so long. I'm terrible with names of things. Is Athens basically the Seattle of Georgia? Is that where all the music comes from? Is that what I'm thinking of? I mean, Athens is a big place for that, yeah. Like That's where R.E.M. Right? came from. And yes, all, yeah. okay, then it is uh, definitely yeah, Athens, because we yeah. started talking about that, and it just and I went to Athens once, and it just literally felt like I was walking around Seattle. I was like, yeah. damn, this is a cool town. Love Athens. But he's from Athens, yeah, <clears throat> and he wrote this amazing play, and in the show, I got to play, I think it was like eight different characters, because I was all of the characters inside of this soldier's like fever dream oh, wow. as he was going through like a weird PTSD trip, so... And you as the audience see it from his perspective. So it's really great. And I played a, a Russian polar bear, a Turkish skateboarding Santa Claus. Um, I played um, a man made entirely out of moss. That one was my favorite because what? it was I I based them on like what this guy might have what this soldier might have seen in his life. So like the bear was like a mercenary, but it was all these 
great things, but so many different voices. And that was one of the big things that stood out to me was I really got to play with all the different dialects, different accents, and I got to do so many different things that the one good theater review that I got from the show, from reviewers coming out, had credited other actors with the parts that I played because I played them, I say, another weird flex, I played them so well that you couldn't tell that it was the same person playing the polar bear, playing the Santa Claus, playing the man made out of moss who is a drill instructor. It's like all these different parts. Oh, I also played a real country bee at one point, and he was some silly comic relief. And then he stepped on me, and I got, he pulled my stinger out. <laughs> and then Moss Pete kind of sounded like this. Listen here, son. So they had some really fun ones with it. And uh, they just they were like, Kyle, just go crazy. And uh, I was like, great, I'm already crazy, so this works. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, that, was a, that was a good one. I like doing the voice work. I can see why you would enjoy it, yeah. too. That was fun. It was good. It was good little... Maybe I should use it to pick up girls instead of scaring random people. <laughs> use your talents for good. <laughs> I have been. I've been using it for art, not poon. 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 I can't say that without putting a weird accent on it either. <laughs> you know what I never can say without laughing? Coming, Georgia. Oh, Cummings, Georgia? Is it coming or is it coming? It's coming. There's no S? No, people say that to make it sound less sexual. Uh, yeah, they put the S on the end just to make uh, themselves feel better. Cummings. Cummings. Not coming. Cummings. Cummings. No. <laughs> yeah, I know it's coming. I think it, my, I have no problem with coming, Georgia. My problem with it is that you have to say from coming, Georgia, which it's like post tense and then present. Like, I'm, I used to be already coming in Georgia. <laughs> so it just, that's what's weird to me. Otherwise, I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming, Georgia. I'm a coming. I got no problem. That's a weird take on it. You're a weird person. I am definitely not what you would call the norm. (laughs) No, no, I've never heard that take on it. The past versus the present. That was, you were a unique man. Yeah, my brain works in weird ways. I think it it works for the writing, but it also uh, works for conversations that I want to lose dates. Well, you know, if you need any help, I know a lot of hot single ladies. Uh, you know what? I'm going to are... give it like two or three months to catch you up on that. Because there's one thing I know about myself. It's uh, just where I'm at emotionally. <laughs> uh, Jackson, uh, why would you hug me on this guy? He just kept telling jokes the whole time. He just he just made the most awkward fucking jokes. I don't know what you, what, yeah. why would you hug me up with a guy like that? No, I wouldn't even get to that point. I'm like, I, I'm just, if you tried to hook me up with somebody, even if it was like, if you were like, hey, Kyle, I want to introduce you to just. I don't, I don't know. Who's a who's an attractive woman in Hollywood right now? Uh, Jennifer name. Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Beautiful. Perfect. If you were like, here, come meet Jennifer Lawrence. And I'd be like, uh, I'm just going to stay in my shower and masturbate myself to sleep tonight. <laughs> like, it's cool. It's not a bath. I won't drown. So I'm not worried about it. I'd just be honest. And Jennifer Lawrence would be like, do you know who I am? And I'd be like, yeah, dude, you're Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I'll have a conversation with you. But if I'm getting set up on a date, no, nah, I'm just going to pass. <laughs> I know me. I, that's the one thing. I know that I'm weird. I know that I'm different. I know that I'm strange. But I can say that nobody normal is actually sane. Nobody that is normal is emotionally healthy. Because nope. if you're emotionally healthy, then you're not like everybody else. Because nope. everybody else is trying to be emotionally healthy. You're a sad person if you're emotionally healthy. Dude, that's so true. And I'm a sad person. But I'm also not a sad person because I know that. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, hold on. You get it. I got to formulate that in my mind. It'll get there. All right, stay. There we go. Right, so oh, <laughs> uh, if you've ever watched somebody do weird mental word math, I just did, and their eyes do a really great like hamster wheel. It was almost like watching table tennis, but just watching your eyes watching table tennis. It was like, hold on, yes, sad, no, 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 okay, 
He makes no sense, but I'll lie to him. Boom. And then you said that. It was perfect. <laughs> I haven't figured it out, but I'm going to tell him I did. You know, he <laughs> yeah, doesn't exactly. know whether I really figured it out or not. It'll end the sentence. <laughs> Have you ever watched a table tennis match like the pros? Dude, how is that humanly possible? I don't know. I mean, I've tried it so many times. I tried to get so good oh, at table tennis. God. And I'm just like, they're just like, and I'm like, that is just, that it's is insane. That, that, that and curling to me is a uh, phenomenal feat on both. Things. I love curling. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite part of the Winter Olympics. It's the game. best part of the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And I love all of like the extreme winter sports. There's even one where you ski down a mountain, take a break to shoot things with guns, and then continue skiing. And then, you know what? When you're like, I got to take a pee break, you're like, I'm going to sit down here and then I'm going to lay down and shoot a gun. And you're like, how is that not more interesting? But for some reason, fucking ice shuffleboard is the coolest thing in the world to me. Uh, for oh, my life, I want to be a professional, put a pot on a piece of ice and have a bunch of dudes broom and yeah. But I mean, I mean, and they're perfectly, they, they perfectly go down the line. The, the skaters, they're like in a straight yes. line sweeping. Like, sweeping. Yeah. I didn't know that was a profession. Well, technically that's many people's professions, just sweeping. <laughs> now that I think of it. <laughs> but I didn't know ice sweeping was a profession. What if we went and started a curling team, but we were like, oh, we're going to just go through the middle and we just start driving in front of it with a Zamboni. <laughs> like, you guys are making this way too difficult. This is clearly a Canadian thing. <laughs> you clean the ice this way, you idiot. <laughs> but uh, I do love curling, though, and I think if I'm in the market, if I was going to make myself emotionally available for anybody, it would be one of the girls that throws the curling ball. Uh, even a broom pusher. Actually, no, and I take that back. It would definitely be a female uh, curler, but it would be the broom pusher because they know how to work a stick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate that joke, and I'm sad I said it, but also I love it, and I'm writing it down, and fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> it was very good. It was great timing, too. <sighs> That's all I have. <laughs> I wish I had brought more beer. I didn't bring enough beer. I'm oh, sorry. bloody. I'm sorry. We can go steal some from the last people you had on. Give them a six-pack. Let's go take that. Think I, think they're they're st I think they're still at Santorini, the Greek restaurant, right down the road. And they left it in the car. But he's all no, tatted up. He probably got a gun. <laughs> Yo, he's tatted up and has a guitar. He was super cool. He was, like, oh, he was great. really nice. I'm oh, going to check that band out. They were they oh, were really cool. Here's uh, not to do any cross shameless, Yeah, We call this synergy in the biz. This is like when I tell a joke about a play or a movie that I have coming out. And I'm like, <laughs> but now you actually want to see that. <laughs> Is this the band you're looking at? I was trying to bring up the song. Oh, all right. While see. we're talking about songs, who does your intro? The band? Yeah, the song. Uh, Buzzards of Fuzz. Okay, I gotta look that up because yeah. I love that intro song. Yeah, it was. They did a great job with it. <laughs> oh, damn it. it! It messed up. Day days to come. Also, while Jackson is looking this up, I just like to make a side comment to myself and anybody that might care. Jackson Heaton. That's correct? Yes. Jackson Heaton is the name of a G.I. Joe that I made up for my toy G.I. Joes when I was a kid. Lieutenant Jackson Heaton. Dude, your voice matches your name so awesome. Really? Yes. <laughs> and none of them match your face. You just, maybe if you had the beard back, yeah. I'd be like, all right, if this guy told me to jump out of a plane with an M16, I'd fucking do it. <laughs> Why, just, just do this for me real quick. Go, go, go. Go, 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 go! I already pulled the ripcord, dude. I'm down. I'll, like, if you want to go jack a car, I'll do that. I'm like, just use your voice. I'm down. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. 
Oh, I like that drum. He's the singer. Alright, that makes sense. He's got a cool voice. It's very interesting. I love a unique voice. So you get to the hook, yeah. So. That's the word of the hook. You're cutting into my time. <laughs> I just want to get into the hook real quick. As somebody with a high-pitched voice, I really like his singing voice because I can sing in that range. Uh, I'm definitely not nearly as good as he is by any means of the term, but I can, using confidence, fake my way into a musical. (laughs) Dude, they're from Albany, Georgia. He drove three and a half hours today just to be on this podcast. Awesome. What a sweet guy. And he was really, really nice. Oh, he's great. He was great. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, I was like, you. I, he told me he wanted to come up, and I go, he goes, I'm driving from Albany. I go, dude, that's a three and a half hour drive. <laughs> You're literally, and he's got to be at work at eight o'clock in the morning, oh. and they just left. He texted me, he goes, hey, Santorini was great, we're just leaving. No. I'm like, dude, you're literally going to get back at like... Midnight. Midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I'm like, I hope the podcast went well for you. <laughs> hope you like it. Oh, man. Uh, I, I might have driven three hours for this. Free beer, a great conversation. Especially if I'm not doing anything else tonight, hell yeah. I would have done it. I'll go hang out with Jackson if I'm not doing anything else. I would hang out with you, Jackson, uh, but only if it's recorded. If you want to meet in person, just like. Dude, we need to go get some beers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get a beer with you. I play hard to get, but you know I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) What if I just talk to you like this right here? I'll get you out. And that's the end of our show. Jackson and I are going upstairs (laughs) to bang while we make eggs. I like my omelet fertilized. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're not as hot as her. I am not. That's that's harsh. We're both very pretty blondes, to be honest. And I do get away with a lot being a very pretty blonde with pretty eyes. Come on. <laughs> well, I hope you are enjoying this. This is great. I am. I'm having a fucking blast. It's been an hour and 22 minutes. And how, how long does your show usually go? Uh, I've had some that were 45 minutes. I've had some that were two and a half hours. Okay. Uh, With uh, Rick Wright's actor, uh, Rick Wright's, his was like two hours and 15 minutes. All right. Yeah. So I got a record to break. The only problem is, is with drinking beer, how do we stop to pee? We just put a pause. No, we don't even put a pause. We have empty beer cans. We just pee in the cans. (laughs) Problem solved. Brother, (laughs) if your dick is small enough to fit through that hole... It's not, but I got good aim. <laughs> I got good aim. No, you know what? I'm 31 now. Like, uh, my prostate may not allow me to not shoot that all around the Dude, sides I, of it. it would, I, <laughs> I, I, in our 30s, it's going to take at least three of these to fill up. Uh, That's true. A pee. Every 14 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I had a thing. I, I went through a thing right after 30. I was like, why am I peeing so much? This sucks. Oh, my God. You did too? Yeah. I was seriously about to schedule a doctor's appointment tomorrow. <laughs> like, this, I'm not even joking. If we're on a podcast, that, I was like, it's just nice to know right now that I'm not the only one who's like, do I have issues with my prostate and my peepees? <laughs> I luckily went away the other day for a while. I haven't had it, but my dad's a doctor, so he's just my, uh, he's my go-to. Oh, sick. Then yeah. we're definitely going to be best friends. I'm going to milk your dad for all he's worth. <laughs> I never, I always got late, late, uh, notices to high school walk in and, you know, Aww. I always get doctor's notes. Well, you used your dad wrong. You shouldn't have went for the doctor's note. You should have went straight for the prescription pad. 
There's only... <laughs> yes, Jackson gets 30 doses of oxycodone. Oh, man. You know what? You'd have to live in Florida for that. That's a serious thing when I was living in Florida. Pill mill capital of the world, boy. Mm. Well, where I'm from is the meth capital. Well, where I'm from, they called me Florida man until I moved. And then they just like, <laughs> oh, God, this is on air now. No, there should be no record that they know I'm Florida man. <laughs> There has been a few articles that I've been out of state for that have come out and I've been like, you know, the Florida man thing where they're like, Florida man caught riding a 12 foot alligator into a Publix. And you're like, who would do that? I've been like, ah, I may have done that before. <laughs> Not the alligator bit, but uh, like, were you Florida man? There are a few times that I have committed crimes in Florida that may have made it to the news that I might have been Florida man, but I don't know if the statute of limitations is up, so I'm not sure yet. I'll be sure in like five years when I can admit it openly on the radio or on podcast. I may have Florida man on my podcast. <laughs> this is great. The, the, the truth is, is it's more like how Santa is real. It's not one dude. That's the magic that they tell you. It's a union. So Florida man, is there's a union of us and we oh. text each other whenever we're in town. And then that way you can't catch us. You know what I mean? That it's way it's just like, it's a who tight wants to be Florida man this week? It's a tight-knit group. Yeah, well. It's all about trust. It is. It is a tight-knit group, but it really shouldn't be. Dude, I got to take a piss. Oh, good. Pause button, because I was holding uh, off for you. Oh, uh, I was holding off. All right, we're back from the piss. Whew, that was a great break for us. I don't know if you get one, but uh, I needed that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I, mine went for like what seemed like five minutes. Oh, dude, I had to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to uh, check my phone. Also, he was correct. Uh, he said in the bathroom that uh, sometimes <laughs> peeing after 30 feels better than sex, which is 100% true. Yeah. But I felt like you were enjoying yourself a little too much. So I was like, <laughs> I had to make up an excuse to leave the bathroom. <laughs> Usually I'm the one that makes people feel uncomfortable in the bathroom. I actually did have a long running bit with nobody, just with myself, where I would go into public restrooms. And if they had the urinals that don't have the little walls in between them, for ladies who might be listening, in the men's bathroom, sometimes urinals have walls in between them when we stand to pee so we don't have to look at each other because our country is full of homophobes. Um, and also, they want to block my shot at sweet, sweet dick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... Uh, for the longest time, I had a long running thing where I would just go to the bathroom and I would do what I call the three-year-old, where I would pull my pants and underwear down to my ankles, <laughs> just stand there and pee confidently. <laughs> I did that so many times. Actually, that might be part of the Florida man issue because I did that in Florida a lot. <laughs> Dude, I would never have the confidence to do that. Oh, more power to you. Everybody does. Everybody has the same exact reaction. They walk in, see it, and go, oh, what? And they're like, their brain doesn't know how to process it. Also, I'm very pale, so it's shiny. Like, this ass glows in the dark. So it's like having, it's like walking into some headlights and then realizing that those headlights are a grown man's ass and then running away. So it was really great. So you're a guy that lived in Florida that people said, has this guy ever been to the beach? <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, that pale? Yeah. No, because when I would go to the beach, I would just come back as a lobster. Like, i just get red immediately. I'm going to take pride in the fact that you didn't get at my joke at first and that I got one so by pale? that I got one by you. Uh, I want to make fun of you for that, but I can't <laughs> because you did, you bastard. <laughs> Caught you off guard. You did. It took me a second. Man, shut up. <laughs> I'm not ashamed at all. I hate you none. <laughs> uh 
Uh, I'm so, actually surprisingly Cherokee, so I will burn in the Florida sun. Mm. I will burn in four <clears throat> minutes. It, that's just a fact that yeah. I've learned. I will completely get red, and then I will peel, and then I'll stay a nice golden brown for a while. Like, I get a nice tan, actually, to me. Uh, and then somebody pointed out that I'm not actually tan, that just all of my freckles have kind of just melted together. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay, it's not a tan. It's just one big freckle now. <laughs> so, oh, ladies. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. You were nervous about me. That actually, you know what? Nothing made me feel more confident than hearing you say you were nervous about me. Because I was listening to you talk to these other actors and stuff on your podcast, and I was like, these people are, like, legit. And I'm just, like, a fucking goof. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to get my first stand-up comedian correct. Oh, I appreciate that. You too, silly. Hopefully I haven't wronged you. You have not wronged me, sir. I would not want to disrespect you in your honor. You have not hurt me in my southern sensibilities. <laughs> not not to once. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a nice tea party after this to make up for it. Oh, that tea better be oolong or mushrooms. Mm. We're going to have crumpets with it and everything. All the fixings. Ooh, oh, now we're getting into that Savannah draw. Oh, yes. There so we go, yes. like a sweet molasses. Well, you have a Sunday's best, sir. Oh, I will. It's a bow tie and no pants. <laughs> Uh, I tried so hard going toe to toe with you, uh, but it doesn't. I, you you outshine me every time, sir. No. Oh, you do indeed. We call that in comedy the straight man. We need one of you to make me look more crazy. This comedy wouldn't work as well if I didn't have you to make me look crazy. <laughs> I need to compare and contrast. I do my best, sir. Thank you well, so you much. Nailed it, you pretty little lady. I, you. Hey, want to get some twenty questions? Oh, let's do it. Are we doing lightning round, or should I take my time with these? Rapid fire. Let's go. All right. Favorite comedian of all time? Jim Gaffigan. Ooh, I didn't even know that. that I have not gotten me. into Jim. I, I watched one. I couldn't get into it. I have, there's so many, but that was the one right now uh, for me. They change sometimes, <clears> but he's <throat> definitely in my top five. My, mine's Bill Burr. Bill Burr is great. Uh, you know what? I got one of the... Okay, so I did a play here. Uh, I think it was in Marriott. Uh, but I did a play here when I was living here a few years ago. Uh, and it was, um, it was The Odd Couple. And I played a character called Speed, and I did a lot of speed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> I was so angry in it. And he's a he's a tightly wound little guy, and I decided to make him just kind of like a an addict because he's gambling. He's like the only guy at this card game that actually gave a shit if the card game went off because mm-hmm. it was like a group of friends. So I was like, why is he so upset? I was like, oh, because nobody wants to play cards, and he's just there to like take some money. So I made him an addict, and I uh, the agent that I have now. I actually got from this play. I was doing the play and then somebody, I was backstage after the show and I was, I was feeling all right about it. And uh, it was a good performance. It was a good night. It was a good house. And I get backstage and somebody comes up to me because you may not see it. We've joked about me being a, a pretty blonde, but my hair actually is pretty red. I've got a lot of red in it. There's a lot of red tint to it. Um, and during that show, like the shorter it is and the less sun that I get, the more red that it gets. So I was pretty redheaded and Somebody came backstage and they were like, Kyle, somebody, there's an agent out there that wants, and they said that they want to talk to Bill Burr. So I'm assuming that's you because the whole time, and it was set in New York. So the whole time I'm just yelling with this New York accent. And I'm like, what is the matter with you? And then somebody was like, oh, that guy's Bill Burr. And they were like, we want to sign the guy who looks like Bill Burr's little brother. I was like, oh shit, I love Bill Burr now. I had to go look him up. I was like, this guy kind of just gave me my start to my career. I appreciated that story, Kyle. 
But that was totally anti-rapid fire. That was so anti-rapid fire. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm trying to break your record for the guess. I didn't want to tell you, but I can't lie to you. You're, it's those eyes. You're just beautiful blue eyes that I can't not lie to. You can only do one thing for the rest of your life, either act or stand-up comedy. Act. <clears throat> really? I love stand-up comedy, but acting, uh, I don't know. You gave me the option. If you said writing, I probably would have said writing, which would cover both, because I like to write myself parts for things. But I think I would rather act. Less work. <laughs> I'm lazy. Less work. If you were going to write a part for me, what would you write? Oh, I already told you I would write a part for you. It's called, um, oh, what did we decide? Hold on one second. It's called Face Face for Radio, Body for Tender. <laughs> I'm working on this. I'm not kidding. You're getting that producer credit. I'm one of those guys. That's a thing. I've written a lot of things that have like won at film festivals. I made a mockumentary last time I was living here that that did really well all over the country at different film festivals <laughs> called Church Wives. Uh, it was a really funny mockumentary. Uh, but yeah, I'll write you apart. Don't worry, baby girl. <laughs> no one puts baby in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you baby. <laughs> I'm going to do a weird flex right now. Don't repeat what's on the phone, but. Let's just say this man, this man knows how to be a man. Weird flex. I'll give you one hint. Eggs. So, uh, next rapid fire. <laughs> what, um, what's the most intelligent stand up you've ever seen? Oh, that time I watched that video of me in third grade. I just nailed it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, most intelligent stand-up that I've ever seen. Greg Proops. Such a weird name, but he used to be on, uh, he used to be on Whose Line Is It Anyways? Great show. He has a great podcast himself, but he is one of the most intelligent men, and his stand-up just serves to prove that as well. I saw this guy on Netflix. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you his name after I figure it out. <laughs> it was this uh, guy who came over from China, and... Um, he did this stand-up all about American culture. And I swear the guy knew, knows more about American culture than people that are, were born here. It was a recent one? Yeah. I think I just put that in my save list. I think I know who you're talking about, too. It's incredible. I want to say Alan Yang, but I'm pretty sure that was the guy who was running for office. <laughs> His stand-up was hilarious now that he's dropped out. <laughs> but, okay, rapid yeah. fire. Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump? Bernie! Fucking Bernie! Eat my butt, Trump. Trump. Sorry. Uh, really? I'm Scott. Still don't care. I still like you. I still respect you. I don't care what you believe in, what you vote for. Uh, you haven't wronged me yet, so we're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not big into politics. I don't know why anybody would want that job. Dude, right? I don't uh, either. You know, that sounds I, I, miserable to me. <laughs> I mean, it's a total power play, but it is your life gone. Yes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, and also, i <clears throat> not big into politics because I believe in political theater. That is a real thing. I don't think that there's that much of a difference between who's in office now and who's going to be in office now. Like, I think that a lot of people are still calling the shots that we will never see. The never, president's never, more ever. like the queen of England now. Exactly. Exactly. Although ours is, has that power. It'd be like if the queen of England was, would just like ass dial people <laughs> while she was talking shit. You know what I mean? That's kind of the, the equivalency. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you still represent us. Like, People can see what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's 
just that's me personally. I, I know mean, people are going to be upset about that. But I mean, I mean, the president still has a lot of power, but there are yes. so many more powers that but be that make the decision. All of the decisions that are made, all these things that aren't going through or are going through are not left to that person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to feel the burn, but he's going to be dead in two years when he's in office. He's that's so old. Fine. He's so old. All right. So what? He's old, but he kind of gets young people. He wants, he wants everything to be free. You I, don't? But that money's coming from somewhere, <laughs> Kyle. It's yes. not, nothing's free. Nothing is free. That is correct. But I'd rather see the money that I spend on taxes come back to me than go to things that I don't give a shit about, like other countries. War. You know what I mean? I'd rather see it apply here. I'd, and if I want to look at it this way, like, uh, never mind. I'm not going to break down. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to get too political here. <laughs> what I was going to say was, I don't know what's wrong with my body. But there's definitely something wrong. And being a stand-up comedian and an actor, I can't afford health care in this state right now. So if Bernie Sanders wants to give me health care, then I will I will vote for and, that. And this is what I appreciate, <laughs> differing opinions respectfully. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I understand that there's also, this has to come from somewhere, but I'm, I'm going to leave that up to somebody, I would say smarter than me, but I know that's not the case. And then, not and to brag. And this, that's the problem with society, is that, yeah, we have differing opinions, but my... My opinion of you has not lessened whatever. I still want to, exactly. you know, people can't take someone that has a different opinion of them. Oh, you have, fuck you. Screw you. Yeah. You know, it's like. Well, I mean, my best friend and one of the best men at my wedding, I was best man at his wedding. And I'll probably be best. Oh, he'll probably be best man at my next wedding. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, we have totally different political views and he's the closest person in my life. I mean, other than my brothers, but we literally call each other brothers because me and his brothers and our brothers all grew up together. So those, yeah. And none of us vote the same. None of us think the same, but we're all willing to still love each other, you know? You know what I say? Every man's the same when we're sharing a beer. Ooh, I like that. That's kind of nice, but it's not accurate. Because <laughs> we, well, we okay. like a beer. I don't know. I just... I kind of slightly disagree with that because, okay, if we're sharing one beer, every man is the same if we're sharing one beer. <laughs> okay. You get six beers in, you're going to start seeing some serious personality issues. Okay, all right, I take it back. <laughs> the one beer sounds better. All right, all right, we'll, yeah. we'll agree on those terms. See, working together from different sides of the line. <laughs> Sir, a shake and a do. <laughs> Now I'll take our duels and we'll go outside and see who's the better man. Oh, I got to warn you. Whatever you're dueling with, I have a lot of training in. Swords, oh, I- background in theater fighting. I, I can sword fight the day away. I love sword fighting. Uh, guns, I learned from the best friend who was a Marine, all of the mechanical safety, which is why I get to play so many weirdos and psychos and <laughs> films and stuff because they're like, you have gun training? And I'm like, I sure as shit do. <laughs> I told you, in high school, I was on the golf team and the shotgun team. Oh, you were on the shotgun team? Yeah. Wait, what did you? I don't understand what a shotgun team does. How do well, you compete <clears throat> in shotguns? Is well, it there like are matches around the state. The last man standing wins. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was actually real competitions, but in high school on the shotgun team, our instructor would just get drunk a lot, so he would never follow us out. And so nothing says gun safety like a high school teacher teaching that he's a shotgun drunk. So we would drive the school bus. He would like usually go home or something like that, or pass out in his car, mm-hmm. and we would just drive the school bus out to a pasture in Blairsville and shoot skeet, drink beer, smoke cigarettes, and dip. Honestly, if you're shooting skeet there and you're not drinking beer and dipping, then you're shooting skeet wrong. I don't care if you have 100 percent accuracy. If you're not shooting like I've never dipped before I went skeeting. 
and then or skeet shooting skeeting sounds a lot dirtier um yeah I, and i did it that one time and i was like this is terrible but next time i go skeet shooting i'm definitely doing <laughs> i think on pornhub there's a, a channel called skeet yeah and it's all about doing dip right it's all about skull and gray wolf or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah i dipped for a long time oh it's better that you're onto the jewel my <clears throat> yes indeed it's better for my gums and you know yeah, no, girls don't really want to kiss you after you yeah. dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to brush thing. your teeth a lot and scope, and then they'll think about kissing you. You said brushing your teeth, and it made me think about how we were talking earlier about uh, online dating. And that's the one thing that I've learned from Tinder so far is just how to translate my skills of being once being married into now being single. So I've learned that what I used to call couple brushing which is if you're out with your girl and you want to make out or something, you're having a nice romantic evening, but you've eaten a lot of weird shit that day, you just make sure that she's eating the same weird shit as you. That way your breath still smells equally as bad and nobody notices. So it's like, if I'm having garlic shrimp, she's eating some garlic shrimp. <laughs> I promise you that. So, or if she's having like, you know, I don't know, tabbouleh, I'm having tabbouleh, so we both taste the same weird. But now I just call that uh, tinder rinsing. <laughs> it's like... I'll take you out for a beer or a drink or I'll cook you dinner. And it's like, well, wh what, are, what did you just have? And she's like, oh, I had beef steak with a side of hot milk. I'm like, that's weird, but I guess I'm having that too. So you don't notice how shit my breath is. Because <laughs> I'm not going to take 10 minutes to go brush my teeth. I don't take 10 minutes to brush my teeth. I'm not a psychopath. You know, you know what? My girlfriend... I'm a clean freak, and maybe no. Uh, I'm a little OCD myself. Yeah, I mean, not not like crazy, crazy, but, but enough to like. I think that's being thirty. You're just like I'm tired of living in squalor and filth. And so when she washes her face in my sink, she leaves the water all over the counter. Uh -huh. Like it's water and doesn't wipe it up, and I'm just like, God, flush, God, flush. That's God. the one. That's what gets you. Yeah, and one time we were taking a shower, and she had like brushed her teeth before she got in the shower, and we take wrong. like a long shower because yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, a fun shower. Yeah, eggs. And, uh, <laughs> eggs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in there for like 12 minutes, maybe 15. And I turn the shower off, but I keep hearing water. And I'm like, that's weird. Where does that come from? And I'm looking at the shower head and all that. And then I open the door, and I had had my, my sink hadn't been draining very well. Okay. She had left the sink on. And it overflowed, and water oh, was no. all over the floor of my apartment. <laughs> Covered my entire apartment. Water. Well, you were also indisposed, so that's equally your fault. Yes. You got to take it easy on her. <laughs> I, I did, but I use. I mean. But I'm sure that's a nightmare. You're uh, like, oh, I was just having a nice egg shower, and then I come out, <laughs> and there's water everywhere. Oh, sure. God. I think the, uh, Am I being punked right now? <laughs> title of this episode is going to be Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> eggs Benedict. <laughs> eggs Florentine with Kyle and Jackson. <laughs> I love it. What childish thing do you still enjoy? God, everything. I never grew up. Ah, like that seriously is a terrible rapid fire question for me because let's, let's skateboarding, sour straws, uh, surfing, because I started out when I was a child. Um, just randomly getting excited and dancing for no reason, even when there's no music playing and I don't care who's around me. They said dance like no, they say dance like nobody's looking, but even when people are looking, I'm still just dancing and they're like, why? Just like, there's not even music playing. Um, showers that are way too long. Oh, you know what's a good one? You brought up being in the shower. Uh, I've done this since I was a small child and everyone thinks this is weird. Have you ever, do you brush your teeth in the shower? Sometimes. It feels so much less like work and more like a mouth massage. 
It's so much nice. If you have never done this at home, I just want to tell you, just take a moment tonight and treat yourself. Brush your teeth in the shower instead of over the sink. It's not a chore. It becomes fun. I also take ice cold showers. That's a, that's one I, I'm not down with. I'll turn the water down because I heard like being too hot in the shower is not good for you, but that's. No, all the way cold. <laughs> Yeah. You just made me make a Chewbacca noise. What? <laughs> I wookied. I wookied. What? Okay, so you just take an entire, do you wash yourself? Yeah. Like shampoo, condition? Yeah. That's news to me. This is new. <laughs> I got to know more. Why? It's so great. I mean. Do you do so, it to wake up? Yeah. So, so sometimes I'll take the whole time a cold shower. Sometimes I'll start it off lukewarm and then transition to the fully cold. Mm-hmm. I just, I, when I turn the shower on, it's all the way. I get in, I shower. It always sucks on the back, on your back when it touches. Oh, you know, yeah. But, you know, that's when it sucks. There. But, you know, I've gotten used to the whole, like, in the front. Yeah, shampoo, wash my face. You know, they say that it's better to shower in colder water. Yeah, it is. Lukewarm to cold and not hot because then it, like, it's just better for your It's pores, good for the for skin. skin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Really wakes you up because nothing will wake you up after a, when it's 29 degrees in the morning. Yeah. And uh, you're taking a nice cold and shower. And they say it acclimates you better for it. But I've tried it once and I will never do that again. <laughs> I literally, okay, so I tried a cold shower one time when I was living in Brooklyn because I read this article and I was like, let's do this. I jumped in the cold shower and it was icy cold. And it was really cold <clears> that time of year too. And I was like, I'm going to acclimate my body get ready for this snow because I'm from Florida and from Georgia, you know, I'm not used to that shit. So I move in in February and I take this ice cold shower and it was just so cold. I, I think I have a sensitive back that I literally jumped out and then looked down and went, Oh, I'm peeing. I didn't even realize it was that cold. I was like, I'm just peeing on the floor now. <laughs> Luckily my wife at the time was doing a contract. So she was just out of state and gone and like living in cast housing. Cause musicals are great for that. Huh. But yeah, I was like, oh, good. Now I have to mop and blame it on the cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> as an adult, I was 30. I wish that I could say I was like 16 and just trying it out. No, this was like a year ago. <laughs> I shouldn't be as proud of that as I uh, am. You, you, with the it. confidence level of you, man. Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> I've got a gym downstairs in the first floor. Let's go take a couple cold showers. And pee on the rug. Let's do it. No, I'm just kidding. Get crazy. <laughs> See, again, I'm basically a human Labrador retriever. I've got hip dysplasia, and I don't know where my pee-pee pad is. <laughs> no, I'm going Guys, we just, lost, we just lost Jackson. He zipped himself up into a hoodie hole. I think that means he is, A, ready to say another random question, or he's done for the night, and I have annoyed him into hiding. Oh, no, this is great. I think and you're going to be great on this question. Okay, Most people suck. If you could do only one magical spell, but it could only do something mundane and boring, what would it be? I'd shoot spaghetti from my fingers. No, take that back. I'm going to use my little brother's answer, and I would have the ability to turn my feet backwards. Sounds weird, but very mundane. But if I wanted to, like, rob a bank or something and cops tried to chase me, they would never find me because they're like, he went that way. See? Boom. Genius. Brilliant. Next question. Let's go. I don't want to break that one down any further because it's so dumb. I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> of the of how that works, but I can't fathom it in my mind. Because it doesn't, because this isn't 1902 where they're using <laughs> footprints anymore. <laughs> they just Who? look at the camera. <laughs> but those are the first two things that came to my dumb head. Mine is just I would just be able to change the channel with my mind. Yeah, but technology's there already. You can just it's Changing it with your mind and going, Alexa, put it to channel three is a lot. It's like almost there. 
So I Alexa think Alexa can't change the channel. She can't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Siri. I broke up with Alexa. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing now. I hope she's happy, but I hear she's like in a lot of random people's places now. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who or what is your nemesis? That's a deep one. Oh. Sometimes we get serious on the Scope podcast. Soy. Soy is my nemesis. It poisons me a lot on accident, and it's trying to kill me slowly. It hides from me when I don't want it around. And I just can't get rid of it. Soy. Soy. Yeah, I got a real problem. If you come at me with tofu, I, I might fight you. If you're like, hey, Kyle, eat this tofu. I'm like, damn, dude, what's your problem? I get into it. And I would just step on you. Yeah, you could. You're real tall. <laughs> I'm not what you would call a tall, a large man. <laughs> yeah, when we got to go to the bathroom, you were a little shorter than I remember when you walked in. Yeah, that's because you saw all the confidence first. You were like, this dude's like seven foot. He's here to party. And then we went to the bathroom and I'm like sliding around in my socks like a four year old. <laughs> oh, yeah. To go back to the question of things I haven't stopped since I was a child. When we took our pee pee break earlier. Yes, I said pee pee. I slid on the tile in this fancy fancy office building like this is a really nice studio we're in and i'm sliding around like a three-year-old on crack but it works for me and so does the crack <laughs> what movie do you wish life was more like oh walter mitty oh did you see that i haven't seen it but i know about it's, it it's really cool wait story. i did see that never mind i did i did with ben stiller yeah, yeah i saw that Kristen wig yeah uh, and in the aspect that I just wish that more random times would Kristen Wig sing David Bowie to me. That's all that I really want in this life. I just want Kristen Wig to sing David Bowie to me every night when I go to bed. And then I'm a happy man. There's like two of my favorite things put together. Come on. What is the most useless thing you know how to do? God, like everything that I do. <laughs> Talk. No, I made a great use out of talking. I could actually cut down a tree and build you a bookshelf out of it. I can, I'm surprisingly manly with that stuff, but to me, it's useless because I don't do that. Because I've got this life as an actor, I, I have this weird background of construction, so I can build you a house from the ground up, but I know I'll never do it. I can do the plumbing, I can do the electricity, I can do the woodwork, I can run lines, I can, I'm not even, I can fabricate a granite kitchen out of it. But, Impressive. But it's useless to me because I'm not gonna do it. Because <laughs> I just don't wanna. I used to have to when I was a child, because my dad always said the best thing about having three boys was free labor. Mm -hmm. So I got forced into child labor when I was real young. But he didn't pay me, so they couldn't charge him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What do most people think about you that is absolutely not true? That I'm gay. Which I don't have a problem with. All right. All not right. an I, issue. I all don't right. mind at all. I, I have plenty of gay friends. But, and I understand. Here's the thing. Just, like, to be absolutely honest, that is, like, 95% of the people that meet me assume that I'm gay when they first meet me. And that's perfectly fine because thank you. Like, that's such a compliment. You mean that I smell good, look like I'm put together and know how to like balance a checkbook basically like in this day and age. I'm like, you're so sweet, but I'm none of those things. I'm a giant mess and I don't know what to do with my wingie. I will. I will admit, uh, I think it was well, after our phone conversation, the oh, first yeah. one, I, 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 I just thought, oh, yeah, maybe he's gay. I give it off. I don't care. I don't mind. And you know what? The, I mean, as I'm learning into my 30s and being divorced, uh, everyone's sexuality is a floating target. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I generally just really like boobs. I'm a 
I like boobies and butts and all the lady bits and all the fun stuff. Lady bits sounds like a serial killer term. I'd like to <laughs> retract that sentence immediately and just say that I love women and all of their beauty. Uh, but men, if I were to be gay, I couldn't stop laughing because the female form is something that is sculpted. It's beauty. It's art. It's something painted. It's something that we talk about in Titanic, the movie. But the fem- but the male nakedness is always comedy to me. It's just mm. comedy gold. So even if I were like, that's a nice schlong, I'm still like, <laughs> that's a nice dick. Get it out of here. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's one thing. You know who you remind me of? Um, Lay it on me, Bubba. Uh, John Mulaney. Thank you. Another great, anytime I do a show, I like to wear a suit because John Mulaney inspired me. Like, if I'm getting paid, I'm going to show up. Like, wear what I think I should be paid for, even though I'm not getting paid to wear a suit. Uh, But yeah, thank you. That's a huge compliment. He's a big influence of mine. I like John Mulaney. Another guy that you look at and think was gay. Immediately, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're like. (laughs) This guy puts his penis in a woman? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, how does that work? Why did she say yes to this? And I ask that every time, and I usually say thank you. I hope I haven't upset you in any way so far. Oh, God, no. That's what I'm telling you. I'm an open book. Nothing's off limits with me. You can ask me anything. Uh, I'm the same way. Exactly. And I know you're not coming from a place of, are you gay? Like, you're not coming from a Georgia gay. You're coming from a, you didn't even ask. I brought it up. So, no worries, bud. You're the asshole here, not me. Exactly. What? Uh, right. But if there's any tall black dudes that look like Idris Elba, that's going to be the one that I'm going to try out first. <laughs> Just saying. Sorry, continue. What is society doing right now that in 20 years will be laughed at and ridiculed? Uh, judging everything that I just said 12 seconds ago. That's a perfect answer. That is 100% true. Because that's why you and I are able to laugh at it because we don't judge it. Because right. it's just like, it's so silly to me that people care no. whether I'm gay or not. That I don't give a shit. Um, but it's it's so funny to me. Uh, that's a really antiquated system is any form of hopefully in 20 years that that will be out the door. I feel like that one's gone. My God, I wish racism went in sooner. Just, but I don't see that happening from where we're at in 20 years. I give it 40 mm-hmm. tops. And then uh, and then I'm just going to start killing people off. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If you could become the number one expert in one niche field, what would it be? In one niche what? Field. Like if oh, you could, field. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said film, and I was like, that's that's the niche. Why would you do film? Um sorry, just kidding. Ask me the question. Same exact question again. Redo. Go. Mulligan. You need some coffee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. I've been working all day. I didn't sleep at all last night. My what? cats kept me up for like six hours just being fucking cats. <laughs> If you could become the number one expert in in a certain field, yes, what would it be? My niche field, it would be uh, an expert in writing tiny letters onto prescription medicine because that seems so interesting to me. Like, how do you do that? You got to etch it in there. Let's do it. It's done on computers, Kyle. All right. Well, now that my career has been replaced by machines like everything, I need a buyout. So my next niche field is, I don't know, corporate lobbying, corporate lobbying for how to get Kyle a buyout. <laughs> uh, one niche field would probably be, I don't know, man. Film. Research. No, no, no. Not in your niche field. Okay. You know nothing. It could be anything. What would you want to become an expert in if you could in anything? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Two beers my, deep. Pickles. 
I would be a pickle expert. I'd be able to tell you if that shit's dill, bread and butter, gross, garlic dill, awesome. I like, is that a carrot that's been pickled themselves? Uh, I do. I yeah, pickles. Next question. Next. Moving on. <laughs> what are you so incredibly terrible at that you've given up ever doing it again? <sighs> Sex. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so terrible at that I would never do it again. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I'm really good at everything. <laughs> Super brag. i just kidding. Um, it's kind of tough. Because I don't like doing things that I'm bad at, so I just stop and then forget about that they exist. So if you were like... You're not a go-getter, like, oh, I'm going to conquer yeah, that yeah, one. No, no, no. If it doesn't come easily to me the first time, I'm like, I'm fucking out. This is too much work. I'm done. Um, spelling. Spelling, I hate. So I wouldn't do that. I think that's something that I've given up so hard on, and then we have spell check, and I just type. If you look through my, through my notebooks for... Because I also have a little bit of dyslexia, but any of my stand-up notebooks, because I... Massive I'm, grammar issues. Oh, God, yeah. But I'm the only one who's ever reading it. Yeah. You just have to hear it, so I don't have to spell it right. Like, if you flip to any page in this, you will, in my actor, or I'm sorry, in my stand-up notebook, you will think he is either dyslexic or a psychopath. <laughs> so it's like this. And then most of the time it helps me remember it because then I have to, like, do my own research. So it's like, can't contort udders. She hit him with a boat. <laughs> That's not what that says. The joke, now that I've read it out loud, is remind me that in my stand-up, you can't control what other people do. And I learned that lesson at 13 when I watched my mother hit my father with a boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if I was going just on spelling, I'd be out of a job, man. Yeah. I would be out of a damn job because it's all... Grammatical errors and dyslexia. <laughs> what makes you insecure? Oh, I don't know. I got a lot of confidence, so being insecure is not really a thing. Singing. Singing makes me insecure. I've been told that I have a very good voice, but I don't enjoy doing it in front of other people. That's something that I like doing for me, and it makes me feel really scared and insecure. Mm. I think it's because I haven't been trained. I've been trained in acting. I've been trained in, like, vocal work and dialect work and, like, stand-up. I've done my research, but singing is just something that is, like, you can be naturally talented, but I haven't, I have zero lessons in it. So I feel like an ass if I ever got cast in something like a musical. Mm -hmm. um, but I plan on taking some lessons soon. So maybe that, maybe the answer will be zero soon. But right now, singing. <laughs> Karaoke scares the fudge out of me, dude. <laughs> like, I gotta change underwear or bring a, like an adult diaper to me if my friends are like, let's do karaoke. I'm like, uh, uh. I don't I'm know why. I can get up on stage and do stand up comedy for an hour and a half and tell you all of the most intimate, personal details about myself. But if you ask me to do that and hit a high C, I'm like, <laughs> what? You want me to kick a, a cup of Kool-Aid out of your hand? And they're like, no, not high C, like a high C note. I just get super confused. It scares me. Yeah, I can. Uh, I have a terrible singing voice. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I, this does not translate well to a baritone. Oh, I I'll figured you do a nice, sexy no. bass. <laughs> no, it's, it's bad. <laughs> do you want children? I don't. That's kind of a weird one. Uh, you know, being divorced and like recently single. Weirdo. <laughs> I mean, I love kids. I'm really good with children. Uh, but I get all of the paternal <clears throat> needs that I would ever need from my, I have nieces and nephews now and I love them and I miss them. Uh, and little, my older brother is a hippie. Uh, learned from my mom. 
Uh, but he's the only person in my family that doesn't smoke weed is the hippie with the dreads, the white dude with the dreads, who's, who's my niece, Juniper and Jasper. And I love them and they're so adorable. And, uh, well, yeah, uh, I'm good with kids. If I have them, I'll be a good dad. I know that because I like to play with kids. I'm responsible. I'm a good cat dad. But I just don't want them because I want to keep being fucking irresponsible. Yeah. Worst thing that you've ever done. Oh. We can go back to the Florida man here thing if you want. Okay, confession time. We took a break earlier. I made some Florida man jokes and was worried about statute of limitations. But one time, I, one time, me and my friends were at a golf course in uh, South Tampa. Let's leave it a little vague, just in case. <laughs> South Tampa, Florida, and uh, when it would rain and you had nothing to do with you and your skater buddies, you would take your skimboards from the beach out to a golf course. And you would skimboard down the wet grass because they had these cool hills. You would generally always get hurt. So one time we were doing that and uh, my friend went down and fell and it looked like he might have broken something. It was a pretty bad fall. But a security from the golf course had come with their little golf cart and they were like checking on him and then going to kick us out. But while they were checking on him, I happened to notice that they left their keys in the ignition. So I stole the golf cart and then he tried to chase us around. And then my friend got up and ran home. I just like he sprained his wrist. It wasn't a break, but he ran home to get away from the guy as the guy was chasing me. And I drove that golf cart right into one of the shallow ends of one of their ponds. <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot of damage. It's not a huge story. I'm sure the statute of limitations is up on it. But that. Oh, that or never having been tested for an STD and just willy nilly never using condoms. No, I'm just kidding. That last one's a joke. That would be god awful. Don't ever do that. Anybody listening to this, uh, I'm sticking with the golf cart. I swear, I use condoms. <laughs> if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Not weird. Nuts. Nuts. Take from what you may. Oh wait, what did you say there? Take from that what you may. Oh, I tell you. Oh, nuts in any context. Nuts. Nut. Your favorite food. Nuts. No, it's kidding. <laughs> I don't eat meat anymore. Like, I try not to. I eat very light meat. It's mostly because just an old man's sensitive stomach. And then every time I see, like, a chicken, like, every time I see a rotisserie chicken at Publix, it makes me feel like Chris Rock. And I just got to keep that chick off the pole, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> it makes me sad because they're so cute. Um, but... Sadly, if you give me a bag of beef jerky, we're going to be best friends. I don't know what it is about beef jerky, dude. Hickory smoke specifically, but any beef jerky other than teriyaki because now it has soy. Um, yeah, beef jerky. I'll cheat on any vegan diet with some beef fucking jerky. <laughs> there, you ever been at the beef jerky outlet? No. Where is this? When are we going? Come it's, on, uh, there's, one, <laughs> there's one right outside of Atlanta. And what? you literally walk in and it's just every kind of like homemade beef jerky ever. I was going to save some money and get my cats fixed this week, but it looks like I found the beef jerky world. <laughs> I mean, it's just you why it's just a sea of beef jerky. Oh, <laughs> can not, you press pause again? Because somebody's got to use the bathroom for at least 10 minutes. Just kidding. Two and a half. I, I'm, not, I'm not talking Jack Link's beef jerky. I'm talking like homemade. Oh, like, yeah. That, like home dried. Yeah. Like hang from a shelf to dry it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> I remember. All right. So I was raised in Florida. 
Southern Baptist. I'm sure you understand. Me I was raised South. Southern Baptist. Exactly. Yeah. If there's one thing that Southern Baptists do, it's eat. It's yeah. eat food and it's deal with meat. Um, I swear to God, I stayed in church for about an extra four years. Because <laughs> this guy, I'll never forget his name, Rick Foley. Just because he made the world's greatest beef jerky. I remember being like 16, 17 and going like, I don't buy any of this, but this guy keeps bringing beef jerky to church. So I'm going to church because you'd home dry it. And it was so good. So if that teaches you anything, I will sell out all of my morals, all of my ethnic. uh, (laughs) That's not the right term. Uh, Standings just for some beef jerky. Oh yeah, beef. we we used to make our own beef jerky in Blairsville. Go hunting, kill a deer, and yeah, deer jerky. Yeah, God, I love deers. They're not, so beautiful not, and cute. But I will eat through ones just raw hide to get some deer jerky. <laughs> Venison. Oh yeah, Ugh. I can't eat that anymore. Actually, red meats like that beef, red, uh, beef, venison, and pork really hurt my stomach. Mm. And when that started happening, and I started getting more and more in tune with like animals and stuff, I just went back. You want you want a tampon? Go with that attitude. Well, I mean, if your steak is rare enough, then you're gonna need it. So you gotta <laughs> hold on to it. Boom! I just cured vegans. Yes, I got a comeback finally. <laughs> That's fun. I never thought of that. I want to write that one down too. <laughs> Do you write stuff down a lot, dude? You didn't notice I have two notebooks, two separate notebooks out in front of you right now. Uh, we've been making jokes, and if I say something that works, I'm going to write it down and just see how it works in front of a crowd of people later. So you when sexy radio? Ooh. Ooh. Flip those pages. Dirty pages full of really poorly spelled jokes. <laughs> Where, what, are, what are you doing next? Um, You know, man, I got a lot of auditions in the works. Uh, right now, next is uh, a fundraiser called the Painful Cabaret. It's for Essence to Crux Theater. Uh, it's February 28th, and it's going to be a really fun night of uh, cabarets. There's going to be a lot of songs, um, and they're raising funds for this play. Okay, you were talking about plays earlier. Mm-hmm. M- one of my all-time <clears throat> favorite plays. When I found out they were doing this, I like practically kicked down their door begging them to let me host their show just because I wanted to be a part of it. I, I'm not going to be in it but because um, I missed the auditions. But uh, it's called Gruesome Playground Injuries. And it is this really beautiful story told over the course of like 25 years. And it's two, per, it's two people. It's a girl and a guy. And they meet when they're seven years old. And then you see them when they're 17. And then you see them when they're like 14 and then you see them when they're like 24. So it just keeps flip-flopping. And then you figure out like what each person has gone through. And it's kind of just this weird, super dysfunctional relationship. And they met as children on the playground. And all of her emotional issues start coming out internally. And all of his emotional issues, he takes out on himself physically. So throughout the play, like you just see him gradually get worse and worse. And then you see her get gradually worse and worse. And they see each other in like, high school they see each other in like um medical offices and like hospitals and stuff and they're just oh sorry they're just those people that are always in each other's lives as like the last minute people so it's this really really beautiful story and i've worked with the the ladies who run this theater essence of crux and they're really talented incredibly talented directors and writers and set builders and stuff um and and callie and they're really some of the strongest like behind the stage people that I've ever worked with. Like they were so organized that 
Like I literally started code, color coding stuff just in my everyday life because I was just like, you have this figured out. But uh, I really believe in what they're doing. Uh, they're bringing a lot of really cool talent to Atlanta and they're really showcasing the talent just to raise more funds to do this show. So That's I think amazing. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful story. And I know they're going to do a great job with it because they have a really good pool of actors that they pull from as well. Do you get nervous when you MC that kind of stuff or? I always get nervous. Um, I know it's kind of weird. I'll, some people say that they've done it for so long, but I, I feed off those nerves. I think the way that you look at your stress kind of influences how that stress is then pulled out from you. So I, I love getting nervous. I love getting no. butterflies. If, it's, if I'm not getting butterflies in my stomach, then I don't care enough. Then it's not worth it to me. I got a little nervous tonight, and I knew this was going to be fun. I knew it was going to be a good night. But, uh, yeah, pretty much everything. I think it was in the show Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, there's a, or the author of it said, there's a great quote that it was, uh, there has never been anything in my life that I haven't been terrified of doing that wasn't worth it. Right. Like, that's, that's when you know. <laughs> I, I, uh, I wasn't getting butterflies for a while. Like, a couple months of emceeing, I was just kind of burned out, like, wasn't it? But, but then you're not in it anymore. Your heart's not there. But last night, I emceed uh, Tesla. They, they played at the Buckhead Theater. Yeah. And so I emceed that last night. Me and my girlfriend went. I did it for the station. And I had the most massive butterflies before. And I was like, oh, it was fantastic. It exactly. Was, it was incredible. That's when you and, know. That means it's like them getting you ready. <laughs> but like, so I had the butterflies massively before I went on stage for the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally it's back. I'm finally, that that passion is back for it. Yeah. And like, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, babe, so I, I was like, babe, I'm about to like, I don't know if I'm going to throw up or something. I'm so like, yeah. I got so many butterflies. And then we went backstage and they're like, ah, three minutes. All right, two minutes, one minute. And then he Did went, no, when okay, uh, it, <laughs> no, uh, it went, sorry, I'm being serious right now. Sorry. No, no, no. no I was too. Get oh, it. This is oh, passion. I love oh, this. Oh, sorry. I thought we were good. Sorry, I got a little confused right there. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm so, just curious. And so they hand me my wireless mic, and they went away, and my passion was there. And I yeah. just went out and just rocked it. Yeah, that's that place. I don't know what it is. Before stage, like before doing the off-Broadway show, you get your these butterflies going in your stomach, and you just, you feel electric. Like your skin's on fire, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's, that's why I'll always do stand-up. You asked me before if I prefer acting to stand-up. I'll never not do both. Let's right. put it that way. Uh, I will always do it because it's fun and there's no other feeling like it. It's just like a drug, you know? Um, But yeah, that's, that's a good sign because I, when, when you get that way, once those butterflies are in there, you're so caught up in that, that for a split second before you go out, you're no longer thinking about what you have to do and you're just in the moment. And then when you get out there, like there'll be times that, all right. So I was doing that off Broadway show, the one where I played like 15 different things, played a Santa and they have a fake fire. It's very clearly a fake fire on stage. And he had like dug it up from his floorboard because it was in the script, but it was pretty neat. Um, and then I was Santa Claus and I'm riding out with my bag and I'm just being a Turkish Santa, you know. And I throw the bag and it lands on the fire. And then I go, oh, shit. Oh, oh no, no, no. My, my magic bag. And I got it. And uh, I did not, honestly, I didn't remember it at all because I was just focused on what I was doing. I was just in the moment. And then we got done. And that was like one of our, uh, we had a big cast party afterwards. And then. Uh, the lighting engineer came up to me. He was like, when you came up with that bit about throwing the bag on the fire, I was like, wait, what? He's like, are you kidding me right now? I was like, no, I remember the bag landing on the fire. What did I say? And he he had to tell me what I had said on stage because in my head, I'm just like in the moment, not thinking about it. And those are always the best nights when you're like, oh, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why when I do stand-up shows, you gotta you got to plug those. And that's what's so hard about it. And that's why I respect other comedians so much that are just plugging away at these open mics. 
because I've hit a few and I've got to hit a lot more before the show on the 28th. And those are the times where you're like paying attention. You're like, I'm just here. I just want to kind of gauge some reaction to how these jokes are doing. Is it wrong? And then if it worked, why? And so it's so much actual work goes into it that if you're any good as a stand-up, you don't see the hundreds of hours that you spend writing and stuff. But those, when you get to those moments, those few moments where you get those butterflies and you get on stage and you can't remember it, you mm-hmm. know that it went well. And then you're just floating. <laughs> my uh, my scared shitless moment where I didn't remember, I just blacked out, mm-hmm. was oh yeah, I blacked out and got off stage. And I was like, what has happened? Uh, <laughs> I emceed a sold-out Phillips Arena show for Bon Jovi. Yeah. I don't know how I would have made it on the stage. You didn't drag me on a wheelchair. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it was sold out Phillips Arena. The stage was in the round. So people yeah. were always, I was, I got on stage the first time. It was just me by myself. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> that was a scared shitless moment. Yeah. I feel like I've learned being honest with the audience uh, in those moments helps you get through that too. Mm-hmm. So anytime that I'm ever like a little terrified or like, oh fuck, I'll walk out and cause sometimes that happens. Like in New York, the first show that I did because it got to me. I was I was on stage, I was in New York and I was like, uh, on the way there, I had seen somebody had graffiti on a wall. Do you remember where you were when you dreamed about being right here? And I was like, yeah, I was like, fuck, I was eight years old and I was watching SNL for the first time. And I was like, yeah, I dreamed about doing comedy in New York. So I saw that on the way in and I was on stage and uh, they introduced me and I walked out and I just remember turning around and seeing the brick wall. And they do that in a lot of improvs and different places will have like brick walls behind you. And it's so metaphorical in a sense of like you can either hit that brick wall or you can plow the hell through. And I, I remember I was on stage. I just looked at it. and I just went I, I turned my back completely to the audience Instead of giving an opener or saying hi or anything like that, I just turned my back and I looked at the wall for a second with them and I just went, holy shit, I guess this is happening. And I turned around and they were like with me the whole time because they were like, okay, this guy understands where he's at, right? Like it was, it just worked. Um, But yeah, those are those true moments that that's part of the reason that I'll never give up stand up. Stand up will definitely give up on me before I do, but I'll still do it wherever I am. Of course, we're all just crazy as hell to get into this business of yeah. entertainment. I mean, there's something inherently yeah. wrong with all of us. Exactly, you know? none of us are normal because <laughs> we're all we're all in a sense egotistical. You know, it feeds oh, yeah. our, you know, narcissistic as balls. We want to be the center of attention. We want to, yeah. but surprisingly, when people give me credit, like when people are, oh, what's all you been on the radio? What's, I get nervous. I get weirded out. It's like. Like, I, Weird, love giving, yeah. I love giving myself props, yeah. but I hate when other people give me props. Because in this business, you got to self-promote more than yeah. anything else. Uh, but I, I do agree with that. I'm, I'm okay with bragging about myself <laughs> and making an ass and, excuse me, joking about myself. But as soon as somebody, like, tries to pay me a compliment, I don't take it well at all. <laughs> hey, it could have been better. It could have been better. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry if it sucked. <laughs> Like, that shit was so great. And I'd be like, why are you sucking up? What do you want from me? <laughs> like, no, you literally killed it. We want to bring you back for another show. And I'm like, what are you trying to get? You want my mother's maiden name? You want the last four of my social? Like, t- don't trick me, bro. <laughs> you are officially the longest episode I've ever I had. I did it? You did it. Oh, yes. Two hours, Victory. 15 minutes. Victory. If there's anyone you can't shut up, it's a comedian. <laughs> 
if all my stand-up comedians are going to be like this, I'm in for a lot of editing. Oh God! I'm sorry. I'm not going back and editing this. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna put my effects on it. And I'm just gonna write the description of what we talked about and lay it out. Oh my gosh! Lay it out. <laughs> oh. If there was any editing, I should have written that down a long time ago. I'm past that point of return, my friend. <laughs> Dude, it was I'm so. Excited. Thank it you. was so cool getting to know you. <sighs> Seriously, it was a lot of fun. I really we got to go time. get a beer soon. Hell yes, We're, let's get a Scofflaw because that's let's my go favorite brewery. brewery. Oh, I'd love to go to that brewery. Yeah, you know I've never been. Yeah, because when I moved here, when I lived here originally, they they had just opened when I was like moving away. You know, and you know what the better part? It'll be free. I will still tip my waiters and servers as you should as well. Everyone listen. Always. <laughs> and they're and the, they're about to start brewing the Jackson Heaton. Nah, mm-hmm. dude, that's so cool. Did you, you did you get a say in what the brew is going to be? Yeah. What flavors are you adding? Or you can't tell yet. I can't tell you. Sorry. Oh, so ready for some spoilers. Uh, I love me some craft beer. Uh, Ooh. Okay. All right. I'm very excited. Wait. Is can I say now? Is is there any way we might find out at your hundredth episode we just might ah! very excited to be a part of the scoped team now <laughs> or i can tell you when we get off air what it's going to be whatever you well, want yeah, yeah i'm just you know helping these, Wait. these idiots out Wait. i'm going to turn off the mics tell you and turn them back on okay That sounds amazing. <laughs> you idiots have no idea what you're missing. <laughs> Just Exclu- kidding. I love you. You're not an idiot. Exclusive access of being in the room. Oh, my God. This is like the first time I've gotten perks. I love perks. <laughs> perks are the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kyle Porter, actor, stand-up comedian. Dude, thank you for stepping into my world. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. But next time you come on the Scoped Podcast, God, I'm starving and it's 930. I don't want another beer. Uh, you got to do one thing for me. What's that? You got to wear something tight, baby. Ooh, these tight pants weren't enough for you? Not enough, man. You got to wear it's something cold tight. Out. I shouldn't have wore a second layer of underwear. Make it tight. <laughs> Make it tight. Keep it right.